Well, grab a seat, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. D and Davis to flip. We are still in COVID formation. Uh, this is like what episode eight, maybe uh, of lockdown, perhaps. Uh, we went on lockdown couple, in the middle of March, right? The first couple of shows we still gathered at your house, mm. and then we basically decided to do it through Zoom when everything became a tad bit more serious. So was it the beginning of April then? I would say no. two two weeks into when they the original lockdown was, we stopped two weeks after. You know. Lockdown. I think it might have been actually St. Patty's Day, or it was we did that rare flip on a Friday on the 20th of March. Mm. Okay. All right. Okay. So, yeah. But it might have been that Tuesday, St. Patrick's Day. So, it's been, it's been about seven episodes as far yeah. as locked into this formation. Uh, we definitely always appreciate anybody spending a little bit of time with us. You do not have to, and we always appreciate you taking some time. But anyway, look, uh, we got a lot to get into today. Uh, before I even toss it to D, well, no, let me toss it to D first, and then we'll jump into it. I'm Kenneth Davis. His name is Demon Spiro D. What's up, everybody? Hey, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at D and Davis Show. Once again, it's at D and Davis Show. Click on our bio link uh, in the handles, and take you, it'll take you everywhere to where at YouTube, Facebook, uh, tw- uh, iTunes, everywhere, man. Just simply search for the D and Davis Show. You're gonna find us. I'm on Twitter and IG at Demon's One D E M O N Z E One. Ken is on Twitter and IG at That's Davis. Executive producer of the Dean Davis Show and everything that we do, Ryan Bukovsky. Ryan's on Twitter at Ryan B. Ski and IG at Ryan B. Ski One. And our main man, we are Regal Radio tr- contributor, uh, writer, Sydney Brown. You can find Sid on Twitter at SidKid80. That's Twitter and IG. All right. Um, woke up. Woke up this morning. Uh, woke up this morning. A couple of things that just jumped out to me. I woke up and the first thing Afton says to me, because I didn't, I didn't turn my phone on, she says, You didn't tell me Andre Harrell died. And I was like, what? I'm like, okay. Turn my phone on. I go in the bathroom. And because I'm like, I went to bed also, full disclosure. I went to bed. I put Kelsey to sleep. So I went to bed at about 9.30, 10, 10 last night. All right. So I've been, I've been out of commission. Um, so I look, Melvin and said, Andre Harrell died. I said, let me go to Twitter real quick, right? All right, just to confirm, he said that DJ D-Nice did it. So I took it. It was last night because I didn't think DJ D-Nice was spending it in the morning time. Yeah. So I uh, look at Twitter, and Twitter now has Little Richard and Andre Harrell die. Andre Harrell was 59, Little Richard, the architect and pioneer, one of the architects of pioneer rock and roll, him, that's Domino, and Chuck Berry. Uh, died at 87. Um, and that one, now that one hits. And I mean, mind you, I love me some uptown music. Don't oh, get it yeah, twisted, man. all right? I love New Jack Swing. I love the producers that he put on because if you, uptown isn't uptown without Teddy Riley, without I'll Be Sure, without Devontae Swing, to say the least, all right? Just all those guys and all the, how it shaped the movement. And it actually, in a way, uplifted black music to a, a, another level of a, a sophistication, a sophisticated yeah. level. A young Mary J. Blige, that's how yeah. she broke her start, all those guys, yeah. Yeah, all, all those, just a few, not say just a few. And just a few. Heavy D, and nope, Heavy D yeah. was at that point uh, the biggest crossover rapper ever. He was giving respect in the hood, but making songs with Janet and Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. All right, so. Uh, for him to leave, then I remember him leaving, going to Motown. And back then, I was like, don't go to Motown because everyone's just going to die that goes and tries to take over Motown. And it didn't work. And it's not his fault. It's just after Polygram bought Motown, it, 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 was, just, it was a catalog. That's all it was. It was just a catalog. It wasn't really a record label. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, getting a little richer. Uh, man, that one, 
I, I walk in the room, and I'm like, dude, Little Richard is dead. And I was like, man, my head hurt. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> Little Richard is dead. And I had, Who cares about your head right now? Little your, Richard is dead. Your motherfucking head. A right. man made rock and roll. <laughs> Pull that fruit in. Um, but listen, the funny thing I had just looked up maybe two months ago. I was sitting around. I was like, is Little Richard dead? And I went into my you phone. Sound like me. You sound I know. Like me. I thought about you when I did it. I went to my phone, <laughs> and uh, and it, it had this image of somebody was like uh, they were in. I think I think Little Richard lived, lived in Memphis or Nashville. I think he believed maybe he lived in Memphis. Mm-hmm. But somebody, uh, this girl was like, "This is a picture of Little Richard pulling up on us Sunday morning." Like I guess they was acting stupid or whatever. And he's in some SUV and he pulls up and he gives them this look, right? And I was like, "All right, I'm good." Lewis is alive. I don't have to worry about it because it, I mean, it's, it's just a change in times when you have so many greats. Muhammad Ali died a few years ago. But anyway, uh, for me, from us, and I'm sure you guys have stuff you want to add. It's just tragic to see two pioneers of music leave the same day. Even, and I hate to say this, uh, even with Andre Harrell's death now being over overcast by the death of little Richard, you know, say so it kind of reminds you when uh, Farrah Foster died the same day as Michael Jackson yeah. uh, in, a, in a manner. So, but I, I feel sorry for their families. Um, Little Richard uh, at least got to live a very long life. Andre Herrera was just 59 years old. All right, so he definitely has some more time to go. Little Richard, I believe, had bone cancer that he was battling. Okay, all right. Uh, No, I mean, you said it perfectly, man. Uh, Definitely um, condolences to their families. Uh, Man, listen to Andre Herrera, man, uh, and his music. First, he started as a rapper, too. He had a big hit. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Hyde. Yeah, that was like 83, 84. 81. All night long, turn your radio up, cause we are on! You ready or not, here we come! Oh, 81, okay, so before I was even born, so that means he was like really young, and most hip-hop stars back then were like 17, 18, 19 years old, it was a young, it was a young genre, uh, the birth of it. But just his impact, I would just say me personally, because I went to college for music business, and I wanted to move to New York, and I wanted to work for Def Jam, and I uh, worked with local artists here in Chicago back in the early 2000s, and I wanted to be that dude, you know what I'm saying? I wanted to be the next Puff. I wanted to be the next Andre Harrell. Uh, so, so seeing him pass away was, uh, that was a gut punch. I actually saw it. I think I woke up like early in the morning, like in the middle of the night, either go to the bathroom or like the dog or something, right? And I just so happened just to check Twitter, and it, it was before Melvin had sent it. I think I think I saw it on Instagram or Twitter or something like that, saying like, "Yeah, D Nice reported Andre Harrell died," and I'm like, "What?" I'm like, oh, "Okay, like I don't." Mm. Maybe I'm still asleep. Maybe put the phone back down, and then woke back up again. Then I saw Melvin's text, and I'm like, "Oh shit, that was actually true." Uh, and that was crazy. And then, like you said, man, just uh, Ken, just a few hours later, then you see little Richard pass away. And it was crazy. I was on Twitter, and uh, somebody posted the episode that he was on Mark. Yeah. He was an exterminator. And he got down, played the keys, whatever like that. And, everybody, and him and uh, Martin and Gina, with teacher, teacher Campbell, was uh, like, what in the hell? So, man, little Richard has made an impact. On the world. On the world, yeah. Music in general, on the world, black culture, just American culture. Uh, just unbelievable. Like as Ken, as you said, man, he was an architect of what you see and what you see right now. And as he said in the episode of Martin, man, I'm still not getting respect I deserve. And to this day, Little Richard, I, in my opinion, people who are younger, obviously, they're probably not gonna know who he is. We're still, we was like probably that last generation who knew who he was. Anybody like 35 or younger probably don't even know, unless you're like a music buff, don't really don't know who Little Richard is. Uh, but just his impact alone, man, is just... Even with us, 
I don't know if we knew until we got older, we knew who Little Richard was because it's a celebrity. Mm-hmm. I don't think we knew that he, the three of them were the beginning of what is known as rock and roll. Yeah, yeah, and we had, yeah. yeah I, you kind of had to learn that. that because it's, it's been so whitewashed mm-hmm. that you look at somebody like Elvis Presley, Elvis Presley. Jerry Lee Lewis, yep. and you think that that's the beginning. And if it wasn't for these three pioneers, those guys wouldn't have had nothing for them to start vibing off of. When did Great Balls of Fire movie come out? When did that movie come out? 90 what? 90? Uh, probably either 90 to 92 I'd say no further than 93 okay so obviously like you said I knew who Little Richard was then Mm -hmm. I saw that movie I was like oh man that was great and then somebody had to come around me and school me like nah 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 he stole that from Little Richard Mm -hmm. that was Little Richard and I'm like okay let me go back now and do some digging wasn't no internet really if not all, I had to do my digging, you know, saying through the crates with my father, asking my, asking my father, asking my uncles, whatever like that. Like, you know, saying, school me a little bit more on Little Richard. My grandmother, who was like a, a music buff when it comes to anything, kind of like rock and roll back in the 50s, 60s, you know, she had to school me on it too. So, uh, and even going through the old violence that she had a Little Richard, and me playing it on the record players. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, this this dude. This motherfucker Jerry Lewis jacked. Little Richard, you know what I'm saying? So, and, never, and I mean, Little Richard was, I mean, uh, Jerry Lewis was bad, but he wasn't on Little Richard. So, no, I mean, this is, this is a sad day, man. 2020 just keep on sucking. 89 was the film, D. 89, okay. All right, yeah. So, what, you, what do you guys think? Yeah, Sid? Yeah. Uh, I was just getting ready to say, Ken stole on my main point, but I'll reiterate it anyway. Little Richard, along with Jackie Wilson and some of those black artists. Jackie Wilson, good the- one. Yeah, uh, during the 50s and early 60s, before Motown, um, they, they shaped the heart of music, not just black music, but music, period. But yeah, white artists like Elvis Presley and Pat Boone, they would get the credit. Mm-hmm. The, right, uh, the white performers would get all the credit, but the black performers were either write in or sing, and they would get none of the credit or too little at all. And that's why you see the copyright laws and the songwriting and the publishing and all that stuff, that started to come to the forefront of what we see now. Now, back to Andre Harrell, but especially for our young listeners out there and our young viewers, please go to YouTube because TV One did a special on him several years ago called Life After. Life After Andre Harrell. Please look at it on YouTube. And they talked about how uh, Uptown got started. And I think Ken brought up the point earlier. Sean P. Diddy Combs got his start because he was uh, Andre Harrell's intern at Uptown Records yep. and actually did a promotional video, and Poppy was behind that. So. And Poppy always gave him the credit that he deserved because he he, he always said if Andre didn't fire me, uh, it would have been a mm-hmm. it, it was a hard lesson for me to learn. But I had to learn to go on to do what I had to do. And what Andre, uh, not to give all the the documentary away, but Andre Harrell, one of his frustrations was that that music we talked about with Guy, a young Mary J. Blige, Jodeci, Father and C, and all all those guys and Heavy D. Though their music didn't cross over like some of the other black artists did, and some of the it other should rappers have. It should have, uh, but it, it didn't. But uh, but still, Andre Harrell um, projected an image of African Americans, especially young African Americans, into a lifestyle that we weren't exposed to in the mainstream at that time. The music was great, and it's still being enjoyed to, to this day. It's Absolutely. still being sampled. So and so, Andre Harrell deserves some props for that. Real quick, uh, before you jump in, Ryan, uh, it's funny. I was uh, watching. They had a battle on uh, BT Jams between Jagged Edge and One Twelve last night, and I was pointing out to like they played like three songs. No, nah, they played like seven, eight songs of both groups. Well, I mean, you know, Jagged Edge has got the same song over and over, over and over. It's the same song. All right, it's got to it's got to be remixed over, basically. <laughs> and I was like, I love some Jagged Edge, but that's basically the same song. 
But uh, Cupid came on from 112. And I was like, you know what? This song came out a minute before stuff like this would have crossed over. Because if MTV was as black as it was three years later, that song would have been a prom song across the country, getting back to what Sid was saying about Uptown. If Uptown came out now, oh, dude, he it would be the type, because he wouldn't, if, and if anybody can go back and look at that Teddy Riley babyface battle, and the thing that, that the Teddy Riley was really doing, and it's just one aspect of Uptown and the Teddy Riley vein of it, is mid-tempo music that can be dance music or love songs. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and that would fit perfect today where nobody wants to slow it down. You know what I'm saying? People right. want to get it moving. Like, that would be perfect music for, especially what they consider R&B today. It would be phenomenal today if it came out. But Ryan, uh, of the two deaths, what kind of crossed your mind? Uh, kind of what you mentioned earlier. When you really lose pioneers in whatever industry, and especially something like music, where it just changes people's lives, quite frankly. It's inspiration to how many thousands, millions. I mean, you just don't know the wide ranging reach and it shows the power of humanity that you can really do something great if you do something right at the right time. And unfortunately, we know the terrible history of the whitewashing of rock and roll and they're never going to get the full amount of credit and success and everything that they should have been owed to them. But still losing a pioneer, I'm just glad we're, we're remembering them now, if anything. Yeah, I can remember the summer of 89. I believe me, and my brother, and our stepbrother, our really our stepsisters, but our stepbrother was there like one time, one one or two times. And we would just pop in guy and just sing directly back into the speakers, goodbye love, and do me like all like just that ish was so hot it when it came out. It was so hot when it came out. Like you can't comprehend and this is without the internet or streaming services. Like so you can't and so it's everywhere. But again, uh, for Andre Harrell and Little Richard. Uh, from the Dean Davis to Flip and Dean Davis shows and all of us uh, to your families, we wish you the, the, the best and we appreciate everything that you brought to the world, not just music, and may you rest in peace. Yes, no doubt, no doubt. All right, real quick, I have one more before we jumped into the topics of the day because this one sparked me when I woke up this morning. I wake up, I usually turn on ESPN. Mm-hmm. Turn on ESPN, Stephen A. Smith is breaking down UFC stuff like it's Ariel and the bad guy or Max Kellerman. And I'm like, why the hell is Stephen A. Smith right here doing this, right? But again, got to remember the UFC and ESPN are partners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So he's breaking down. This is from last night. I saw it this morning uh, that Ronald Jakara Souza tested positive. He's on the undercard of the fights that's taking place tonight. All right. Uh, so I'm like, so wait. Wait, and wait they, him and his uh, and uh, his trainers, two trainers. of his trainers, yeah, trainers test, Thank you, D, mm-hmm. uh, tested positive. Yeah. And Stephen A. Smith is going through, you know, what type of uh, risks that basically there's no risk that this was taken care of properly. And you got to understand he's doing this because he's the face of ESPN and they are going to keep this car going that Disney stopped uh, a month ago when they were going to have a fight. Disney was like, you know what, we need to slow this down. Mm-hmm. And one thing that we've been saying on this show, especially on the flip, but on Dear Davis' show is hold that ish back. I think I said two weeks ago, they don't need to be fighting because it's going to be a dude on dude. You're going to be breathing on each other. And you caught this dude right here. And who's you know who's asymptomatic that's already about to get into that ring? And it's just, listen, I, I get it. And some people will say with football, well, they know the risks that they're taking. And even with the, the UFC, they know the risks that they're taking. That's one thing to know that you can get bodily injury from the, the, the contact or impact that another person provides or, or deals, doles out to you. It's different to catch a virus. 
in a fight. You know, like there's there's reason why people test for instance like HIV because back in the days they didn't, but they didn't want you to be, be bloodied and have an open sore and then come in contact with somebody else and tr- maybe there the virus can be trans uh, tr- transmitted to you. Mm-hmm. So again, to the point, ESPN needs to chill this shit out. All right, this card needs to be pulled. They're going to do it tonight. It needs to be pulled. There's no reason to do this. Go ahead, D. So did they cancel that? The, the prelim. They said, now, again, they said the prelim. I don't know if all prelims are canceled. So that fight said, was going to be in a pre, uh, prelim? It was a, pre, yeah, yes. it was a preliminary. It was okay. a preliminary fight. All right. It was but in it, Jacksonville. And that fight itself did get canceled, though, right? He's no, not no. fighting, right? He's not right. fighting, yes. Gotcha. Okay. All right, all right, all right. I don't, I, I don't know if they found an opponent to fill in. I, I didn't hear. I it's too short it. notice. It's though, too short. Right? They had to be right. there tonight. And also, how would they? That person wouldn't Train. have been in quarantine either. Uh, you right. know. All right, this is real quick. A uh, white told is Dana White told ESPN this development will have no impact on UFC's next two events, which are scheduled to take place on Wednesday, May 16th in Jacksonville. The Florida Boxing Commission wasn't expected to release a statement on the matter. Okay, I'm just trying to make sure. UFC's main car begins at 10 p.m. pay-per-view. So, yeah, this, the fight's still going on. See, now, I'm of two minds of this. One, I think we, as you said before, Ken, we've been talking about this, preaching about this for a while, and I've been adamant, like, listen, no sports is worth someone catching COVID-19 because then when that happens, that, per- that particular person gets it. You never know who else had it or where it's being spread, right? You do have that, and also you have, and I bring it up, I always do, the WWE and how they're still holding their, uh, their events, their, their TV shows. And that's obviously personal person, that's contact, right? But it'd be one thing if it came out to say, like, I don't know, um, uh, John Cena has COVID-19 and he's supposed to go into a match. I would think, logically, they would say, hold up, stop production, Stop all this. We shutting it down for a minute. We know somebody who has it. We got to do contact tracing to see what's happening. I would think the U- I would think the UFC would do that. I would think, as you said, Ken, hold on, cancel this. We got to figure out what's going on. Contact tracing. I know you just came in for this fight. I know you're coming in a particular area, but we need to check, check now. So, I mean, I would, I would think they'll stop it. The only reason I was really against it with the whole thing with the islands, like, why are you flying people into an island? Going to be stuck there on an island, and then you got to go and all this stuff. You got to fly people in, try to get around international laws and flight restrictions and shit like that. Okay, in this case, why are you going to have an event and you know three people who are coming? Oh, yeah, it's definitely that can. But why are you going to have three people? Why are you going to have this event you got three people? And all this Listen, it's not worth it because if anybody else gets sick, they come for your head, Dana White. Oh, you had this event that I was at, or I was, I was, I'm a trainer like that. You didn't, you didn't properly uh, scan everybody or check everybody. I'm suing your ass. Uh, the preliminaries begin at 6 p.m., so they're still having undercards. Wow. For the love of the money. Gotta make that money, man. <laughs> yeah. See it, Ryan? No, I just wanted to say, as we said before about the, the stories on this show, about the, uh, the churches and other uh, establishments, it's all about the money at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, this is where being selfish uh, hurts, hurts you in the wrong way. And like you said, D, if, if something would have happened to all the, the rest of the other fighters, like you said, they would have been lost, losses up the wazoo. And Dana White, I know they're making money, but uh, I guarantee you it doesn't have that much money to pay out all those 
fighters to have a bit of an action like that would have taken place. You have to be extra cautious. I know people want to get back to work, but you know you got to have a contingency plan in place. You can't just go uh, fly off the seat of your pants uh, and like a chicken, like a chicken with his head cut off. You got to be organized right here. And it sounds like he's that organized. He doesn't care. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to say anything too different than you guys. Uh, we've talked about this a lot. I, I, I would always err on the side of caution. If you feel like there's a chance that something really bad could happen and then you get a positive test, I would say push everything back. I mean, there's no fans there. Are you really worried about accommodations for people? I, I think you would give yourself a buffer zone anyways with whatever plan. So it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but you know, UFC, they want to get back to it. Everybody wants to get back to it. Everybody's going crazy over this stuff and there's pressure from the president to get sports going. So everybody's trying to, trying to hit that perfect marketing wave, if you will. And before we drop off this, where is this, where's the fight being located at? Where's the fight happening? Jacksonville. Jacksonville, Florida? Florida. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. I hope you knew it was Florida. Oh, I, didn't, no, no, no. I didn't know. I didn't know. I was just asking. Now, real quick, real quick. I read an article this morning. It was pertaining to here in Illinois, but it kind of it kind of went across the entire country. So you have states reopening, right, guys? And some, some parts of some states, sheriffs, DAs, whatever the case may be, like, man, listen, we ain't listening to that lockdown no more, executive orders. We're going to let our counties open. We're going to let our business open. Don't worry about that. It's not happening here. Y'all okay. Y'all fine. So the Trial Lawyers Association came out and said, hey, listen, I'm going to let y'all know right now, if somebody sue y'all, that insurance ain't going to cover you. So be prepared for lawsuits to come to your ass if somebody gets sick, if somebody uh, contracts a coronavirus. And obviously, this is happening down in Florida. I don't know what the Trial Lawyers Association has anything to do. Well, I would think they have something to do with down in Florida, obviously, because Trial Lawyers down there. But I'm very curious as to, I wonder if this is something or, or lawsuits are going to be the way to kind of put people back in check. If you go into an establishment and, it's, and, and this still has state orders or guidelines in that particular state, somebody comes in, purchase something or any kind of transaction and they get COVID-19, they turn around and sue them. Does it need to be enough lawsuits out there to scare scare people? Be like, okay, listen, I want to be back open. I know I want to defy these laws and stay at home orders, but am I willing to now to risk lawsuits because they can come? They can kind of come from anywhere and everywhere, and my assurance is not going to back me. So I wanted to, before we kick over, Ken, I wanted to get y'all idea uh, thoughts on that. Um, listen, to be honest with you. Uh, on piggybacking that, it was a really good article we got from our guy Weekend Gabe from uh, Adam Sower from yeah. the Atlantic. Gabe Mendoza. Uh, talking about the uh, the coronavirus was an emergency until Trump found out who was dying. And uh, it kind of kind of goes along with what he's saying, because when we first came to find out that a large majority of the people that were affected were people that were of color. One, it was African-American. Like here in Chicago, it was African-American until like last week. And then People, brown, people of brown uh, hue took over our Hispanic population uh, are uh, the highest right now. That once it became the people that are the working class that are the servers and stuff, the meat package people, and it became like, hold on, wait, we're not dying like this? That's when you saw this, let's open everything up and, and get into what D you're saying as far as the insurance, uh, them tell, the lawyers are telling them the insurance won't be covered. Uh, it's ridiculousness. Um, we're going to let an idiot 
cause us to have another spike. And it's not even it's not even a question. There was a situation uh, when over Passover in New York where they it's proven that they they spiked up again after people went out and and congregated for Passover. Mm -hmm. And now that's just one set of people. Now you're telling people to go back into barbershops, salons, uh, uh, restaurants, movie theaters, Mm -hmm. all these places where you sit for hours and air is being recycled. We know how contagious. We also found out that the second strain is more contagious. It's not worse, but it's a lot more contagious than the initial strain that took place in Wuhan. And it's it's flabbergasting, to really be honest with you, because I'm going to still be in the house chilling when all y'all got to come back in the house. So I won't have been back outside. I will still be in yeah. my prep mode because I don't necessarily think my job, even though there was discussion on when that office is going to necessarily open back up, mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to be like uh, forcing us, like, yeah, bring your ass back. Oh, hell no. Yeah, bring, especially if we don't feel it's safe. I mean, some people may want to risk it, but I'm not going to risk it. And then right now, I don't have a quote-unquote a pre-existing condition. But um, it's just it just shows this partisan divide in this country, as far as like, we're really all acting really fuck batshit crazy. Did anybody see uh, Obama's uh, call to the Obama uh, uh, alumni? And I, hear heard, his excerpts? I, heard, I heard something about he was pretty. Um, yeah, he said that, you know, basically. Pissed off a little bit. In his yeah, mm-hmm. that, you know, if any administration, this would have been a problem. But the, the, the fact that you have tribalism and partisanship and xenophobia. And it's not just in America. Look at Italy and all these other places where tribalism has just sprung up and been so big that countries aren't working together. And then you see here, even with our federal government and our local state governments not being able to work together, that just the type of fuck shit that's been taking place was something that even if you had competent people doing it, it would have been a problem. When you have incompetent people doing it, you have this death toll being this high and you have people telling us initially we're all going to have tests and now we're not going to have enough tests because they don't really want to know the number of the test because if we knew the numbers they wouldn't be opening this shit back up yep that's my point yeah uh, you know looking at uh, your question d or trying to answer it lawsuits are a good countermeasure because i was actually thinking about this not too long ago where it would certainly when you got money on the line that's when people really start listening mm-hmm. but i think the issue is Courts are delaying so many things. You're not even able to really convene. Those lawsuits might not come to way down the road when we're already spiking. So if like, if let's say lawsuits would maybe bring some fear back into the people in charge of these crazy states and counties and everything where they're just like, open it, open it, open it. Forget the consequences, just open things. Mm-hmm. If you want to scare those people, I don't think that they're going to be scared until maybe months, years down the line when it's already been way too late mm. and the damage has been done. Okay. I, I wanted to jump on Ken's point about disparity between the African-American community and the broader community. You're right, Ken, especially with everything regarding to health. We as African-Americans suffer the worst. Yes, we do. We had to take care of ourselves, but that's besides the point. The, uh, the thought that popped in my head was, uh, it was, it was from a scene from the movie Boys in the Hood. It was Cuba Gooden Jr.'s character, I forget his name, and uh, Lawrence Fishburne, who played his father in, in the film. Yeah, I don't know if, you know if you guys remember the scene where he took, uh, I didn't think it was training his friends out to that field, and he was explaining uh, about how the, the, you know, the drugs got into the community at mm-hmm. that time. And he said, 
um, Lawrence Fishburne's character, he, he said, you know, uh, it didn't it become a problem until the stuff started hitting Wall Street and farm lanes like Iowa, Wisconsin, and some of those rural areas. And once it started hitting those areas, then it, it became a problem. Real quick, this is what uh, was heard on a call with the Obama alumni that took place, I believe, yesterday. It's part of the, this is what uh, Barack Obama, President Barack, former President Barack Obama said. It's part of the reason why the response to this global crisis has been so anemic and spotty. It would have had even been, uh, even had been bad with the best of governments, but it's been an absolute chaotic disaster. When the mindset of what's in it for me and to heck with everybody else, when that's the mindset that has been operationalized in our government. Yeah, on point. And he hasn't said anything bad about Trump, and Trump's been taking shots at him all the time. And I know usually presidents don't take shots at other presidents. Bush and Barack Obama should be going at his neck because it's dangerous and it's not a game. I think once the general election kicks up, I think you might have both of them. Oh, yeah. They also, he was also trying to energize his former uh, administration and people that were a part of his administration to start uh, getting out there and going for Joe Biden. So that's really the emphasis mm-hmm. of what was taking place. Yep. All right. Let's get into the flip topics, guys. Um, this is from Yahoo News. Uh, testifying in a Senate hearing on the coronavirus pandemic on Wednesday afternoon, conservative, conservative economist Avik Roy deployed one of President Trump's favorite metaphors for discussing the outbreak, which, is, which has killed more than 71,000. Right now, it's almost 73,000 Americans. Uh, 70, uh, 30, 37,000 Americans die each year in traffic fatalities, and yet we don't shut down the roads. Uh, Roy, uh, president of the Foundation of Research of Equal Opportunity. He called vehicular uh, accidents a good uh, mental framework for how to live with COVID, referring to the lower uh, respiratory disease caused by the coronavirus. This is, uh, there was, in his view, a way for their lives that didn't require dramatic society-wide measures. We expect individual drivers to be responsible for their own conduct and conduct for passengers. Something similar can work out for COVID, he said, describing how businesses could do regular deep cleanings and people could continue to wash their hands thoroughly and regularly. Uh, Trump ally, Senator uh, Ron Johnson of Republican of Wisconsin convened the hearing titled COVID-19, How the New Information Should Drive Policy, Build as a Roundtable of Senate Homeland Security Committee, uh, which Johnson can, uh, chairs. The hearing included some of the nation's most prominent dissenters on mainstream measures like business closures, stay-at-home orders, and calls for widespread testing. It failed to Senator uh, Kamala Harris, uh, the Democrat from California, to point out the highly credentialed, though he, they may be, the doctors represent, uh, present rather, uh, were not directly involved in the administration pandemic response that naturally devalued their opinions, she argued. We should not have low-level officials. We should have uh, those folks who have responsibility and authority uh, for the administration of America's tax dollars to come in and be accountable to our committee and our, respons- and our responsibilities. President Trump uh, has kept uh, Dr. Fulci, a prominent member of the White House Coronavirus Task Force, from testifying before the House of Representatives, which is controlled by the Democrats. But he did say Fauci and others could have prepared in front of the Republican-controlled Senate. Listen, anybody that tells you or give you that bullshit stat, oh, well, you know, X amount of people die in car crashes, X amount of people a year, year, X amount of people die from flu a year, say you dumb, dumb. This has only been here for about three months, and we already got more than what something happened in the entire year. And, you idiot, if you sneeze, you get it. If you sneeze while you drive, you know what happens? Probably, you still, you still drive it. If you sneeze and I get coronavirus, who knows what's going to happen to me? I could be asymptomatic and I could spread it to other people and not even know it. Mm-hmm. Anybody that says that shit to them, just look at them in the eyes and say, fuck you. Thank you. 
That's that's it. <laughs> that's facts. Anybody that says any of this stupid shit verbatim like it's facts, I always try to respect other people's argument. Fuck them. That's stupidity. Stop talking to them. Stop wasting your time with them. Their biasness is conflated. Just logical thought process, period. Sid, what, what were you about to say? Uh, it's comparing to uh, one extreme against another, and you can't really combine the two. There's two totally different, yeah. two, two, two totally different situations. Yes, uh, as drivers, do we have to do some things to protect ourselves and prevent accidents to a degree? Yes, but uh, something that's a, a medical condition, it's not always under your control. Yes, you, you're supposed to wash your hands. You're supposed to uh, proper hygiene and, and, and that sort of thing. But outside of that, everything else, as far as the, with the coronavirus, is out of our control. So, like, just compared to one extreme against another, it just makes no sense. Right. Yeah. You know, it made me think of, you know, sometimes in, like, sports, we talk about, like, a player's performance and people bring up, like, stats, stats, stats. And mm-hmm. it's a good uh, example of how stats, I guess, or numbers never lie, but they can mislead. Because exactly. really, like you said, D, they don't really connect that well when you talk about the time periods when this virus, even let's say worst case, it was here in November. That's still not a year. And exactly. we still have a ton mm-hmm. of deaths and we still are going to have potentially a lot more. We know that the viruses are different strains. There's deadlier ones supposedly in Europe versus here. And we're learning more and more about this virus every day. And who knows if one day the virus throws another curve at us and mutates all of a sudden or for inexplicably whatever reason comes on another animal some bs so we have no idea with things and if you're going to compare it to something like driving where we know how the fatalities happen and what's the reason and issues that's totally different problem solving for either issue wait a minute just imagine with the whole thing with the car analogy so in a month of january there was like two in the city of chicago there were like two accidents like damn okay all right it's two accidents a few weeks later, it was 100 accidents. It's like, damn, what the hell is going on? Three months later, 75,000 accidents. Would you not think, what the fuck is going on out here in these streets? Do we need to take the keys from everybody? Do you not need a license? What is happening? Could you imagine if that was to happen from one to 75,000 in three months? What the hell? Why is it not sinking into your head like, you know what? I think something is going on out there. Or D, how about if cars just exploded? Randomly. <laughs> yeah, randomly. It would just be like, such a bigger deal if that was the reason why the deaths were happening. Wait a minute, but we remember? know why the deaths are happening. Can't remember we was coming home from the score that night and that car was on fire over Lakeshore Drive. Fire. <laughs> Imagine if we was like three months later, it has to come down to the car to the score, and we came outside and every car was on fire. We would think, well, you know what, damn it, I think something's happening. I think I'm going back in the house. Yeah. <laughs> we got to figure out this driving issue. Yeah, I mean, like, and, and, Come on, and, y'all. And going off of what Ryan was saying about still discovering, uh, we found out that maybe there's something in this that's causing something in kids. Uh, some mm-hmm. uh, was it Kawasaki. Kawasaki disease, something yeah, like that. Yeah, it, also, they're talking like one thing we heard about initially was the COVID toes. Which initially it seemed like, yeah, COVID toes. Google COVID toes. This came out. Toes on your feet? Toes? Yeah, toes on your feet. But initially it was blisters. But one thing they were saying is what comes from it uh, is uh, uh, inflammation. And the only reason I'm bringing it up 
is because I still generally think I caught COVID probably sometime in, in the wintertime this winter. Mm-hmm. And I had, for some odd reasons, crazy toe issues where I had to get a boot. Yeah. I mean, x-rays. And at first the doctors thought they were like, you have stretch fractures, but the, 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 um, the specialist was like, well, maybe you have one, but when, when, when the doctors were like, yeah, it seems like you have multiple that actually wasn't there. And again, maybe I'm wrong. I'm just pointing out what's, what's what took place with me doing all this. But for some reason where I had issues with gout several years ago, but I didn't, I hadn't eaten like that. You know what I'm saying? Actually, I was dieting. I been doing, um, um, whatever diet I've been on. The keto diet. Thank you, keto. I've been doing keto. So I hadn't had a, a lot of stuff that was necessarily, it, it, that should inflame me or to start anything like that. But I had serious toe issues. So mm. I'm just pointing out that, you know, we, we, the, the funny thing is we're talking about opening this back up and we still don't know enough about it. It's brand fucking new, right? Like we still don't know enough. And then on top of that, we're rushing this vaccine to market. It's supposed to take years. It's going to take basically half a year, if that, but maybe a little bit longer, but it's coming. They said they got it ready in months, and some of it's, one of them is performing fairly well. We don't even know the long-term ramifications of the vaccine. Like, and I mean, again, testing. I, I'm not taking the first batch. Like I said, with my, my, with my technology products, I got to wait for that. <laughs> At 1.2 before you, you, you hit Davis with that bad boy. I'm sorry. Just not going to do it. All right. Uh, there is one part of the country without a single confirmed case, much less uh, fatality. Uh, American Samoa, a palm French Polynesian acropolo uh, that has sealed itself off for nearly two months from outside of the world. Other U.S. islands lost their early battles to keep the infection out, but American Samoa's success so far has been no accident. Public health officials say the territory moved swiftly to halt nearly all incoming flights, rapidly boosted test capabilities, and took advantage of social distancing strategies that had already been adopted in response to a measles outbreak at the end of last year. Then during trauma of the 1970-1918 influenza pandemic, which left American Samoa relatively unscathed but wiped out a fifth of the population of neighboring independent Samoa, had also influence aggressive anti-contagion uh, moves at each stage of the crisis. Life is our life in our bubble is somewhat unique compared to the rest of the world, said Bishop Peter Brown, leader of the Roman Catholic Church of American Samoa. Church services were quickly shut down when the coronavirus began to spread across the United States, he said. Schools have been preparing uh, to the emergency from the measles closure in, in, in effect from December through early March, which is continuing public health emergencies uh, were declared effective in March 23rd. The 500, I mean, the fifth the 55,000 people in the territory have been allowed to go to bars, nightclubs, and restaurants, albeit in small numbers, over the last over the past month, with limits to 10 customers at a time. Civil servants are working part time, but not have but not stop uh, going into the offices, but have stopped going into the offices, but have not stopped. I apologize for going to the office. The large private employee, a tuna cannery with more than 2,000 workers, has continued to hum along. Wow, that's amazing. Shout out to the Samoans. Uh, but they are like so far out. Are they, are they further out than Hawaii? I believe so. This, I mean, yeah, they are. Because they found, they found Hawaii. So their island was, I believe, was further. Further. Was, yeah. They further found, east. They, they no, further, hand, further where They put their hand in the water and the waves reverberating back. That's how they knew it was land in that direction. Mm. Uh, listen, I mean, for a lot of isolated, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't surprise me if there was other isolated communities or isolated islands that, you know, saying probably didn't have obviously, uh, as much, uh, transportation or, you know, say travel into the country or goods, whatever like that. 
Um, but they're smart, though. I mean, listen, they've learned from the mistakes in the past. That knowledge is obviously still there. They wasn't out there trying to, like, as you said, just trying to get that money. It's another way of living out there, obviously. And uh, shout out to them for not going through anything. Yeah, that's 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 good to hear. That's good to hear. I'm, I'm hoping that kind of mentality and way of thinking gets to the mainland and maybe uh-huh. that spread out, but I doubt uh, But look, if you even look at the numbers of like, and again, we don't know necessarily if China's numbers are true, mm-hmm. but you look at Italy, you look at South Korea, and these places got hit first. And some like China is, a, is, is more populated than we are. All right. Oh, so, oh, yeah. yeah, Italy, you could say Italy, but I mean, South Korea has, a, a, I'm sure, a healthy population. Mm-hmm. But you see how many more just people infected by the virus. We, these people, that those countries didn't even hit a million, if even 500,000. You know what I'm saying? So we, 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 we screwed the pooch from the very beginning from of this the battle. Jump. It, should not, like, it should not be this high. If we didn't play along with, but you know, we live in a, uh, America now where everything's fun and games. I was just getting ready to say we, we as Americans don't take things seriously until it hits home. And like you going back to your earlier point, Ken, about the race disparities and health problems between us as African Americans and the rest of the world. When uh, when mainstream America gets hit, you know, we we catch uh, we catch pneumonia. And when they catch a cold, we catch pneumonia. Oh, yeah. Pneumonia, exactly, and so. And, and with this, uh, until it affects us personally, and going back to, uh, I hate to say this is the theme of our show the last few weeks, you know, just people being selfish for the wrong reasons. If, if it has nothing to do with you, the hell with it, everybody else. But when it affects you or something, so somebody close that you know, now also your attitude changes. I think uh, what I take away from this story is how they already were preparing for a lot of this with the measles outbreak. It just shows, like, even in a faraway place out in the middle of the ocean, there's people with brains thinking, hey, this has happened before. Let's prepare and mm-hmm. let's practice the right strategies to handle this better because we know now. Mm-hmm. How many times do we go through all these viruses like HIV, SARS, any of the other viruses in our lifetime, and even the ones in our parents' lifetime or grandparents, maybe not to 1918, but anything since 1950, any kind of virus outbreak that there's been, you'd think somebody would have been like, hey, you know, one time this could be a pandemic. What are we going to do then? It was just talking about about five, ten years, ten years ago with President Obama and Bill Gates. Right. Real quick, I was when I was uh, uh I was telling the guys before we started the show, I went to Costco this morning, right? And I was listening to uh, WBBM. It was in a car, and a report came out saying like, uh, yes, people are very upset about uh, Costco having a mandatory face mask. Uh, policy and saying like i so uh, going on social media telling costco i will never shop at your store again how dare you tell me you know so i have to wear a mask and and the guy who's doing the, uh, the story is like and i just want to say thank you for not coming <laughs> and i'm like yes <laughs> like thank you thank you don't bring your ass over here don't think you got the freedom to just give me some of your stinky ass rona i don't want none of that Put on the damn mask. So I was like, yes, you know what? I'm very, I'm so glad. And things happen this way, man. I'm so glad I heard that hit, that radio hit before I was on my way to that exact place telling me it's a lot of people out there that don't want to wear a mask and going to Costco, but they said, hell no, you can't come in here. Shout out to Costco. Stupid. Eat their asses beat. Anyway. I told you, man, we need to heckle them. You get the heckling at first. Well, you know, that's what, when you had that incident, I forgot who that was. I think it may have been a mayor 
in New York, a state that told people to uh, socially diss people that don't wear masks, to shame uh, them socially. Shame them, shame them. And then people came, yeah, it was like, you get somebody shot. Shame. Uh, I mean, you, if it's virtual, then it's fine, but the problem is you can't be spreading that Rona. Somebody, you, start, too you start shaming them and they start coughing at your ass. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, I saw a women, I saw a clip on uh, Twitter. Somebody, it was a bunch of people like standing outside somebody's window. Like three or four ladies and their kids. Just oh together, yeah, they start just, coughing. Yeah, they start coughing, man. They picked up their shit and ran so fast. I'm like, yeah, get a bullhorn, get your asses, move. You see the dude down there in Florida dressed up as the Green Reaper, going on the beaches. Shame their asses. As many states across the U.S. remain under shelter-in-place orders, smear Yahoo Life. The future of the live entertainment industry remains in major flux. Major music events, including Bonnaroo and Coachella, excuse me, have been rescheduled. And dozens of artists from Shania Twain to Justin Bieber have postponed their tours. Given these changes, it may seem like the days of packing into a venue for a show are behind us. But a production club, a Los Angeles-based multi-dispensary creative studio, studio named for working with EDM stars like Skrillex, hopes to change that in an Instagram post on Wednesday. The company shared a futuristic look of an airtight top, uh, top suit dubbed the Miscrochelle. I believe, but Mick Rochelle, a production uh, club describes it as an offshoot of a hazmat suit and a personal protective suit that allows you to safely socialize in times of a pandemic. Oh, hell no. Made of high performance cut resistance fabric and lightweight film composite, the suit contains two lithium ion batteries for charging a phone, as well as a, a supply system with disposable canisters that allow you to use, uh, the, allows the user to vape or drink. The company states that the design is a socially responsible solution that uses an air filtration and breathing system based on a worldwide standard using the N95 filter. Among Miss Rochelle's other features is a built-in camera, built-in speaker, external voice system, and multicolor LED lights that the wearers can use to communicate their mood. While the suit has earned attention from the tech world, uh, epidemiologist uh, tells uh, Yahoo Life that they aren't so convinced of its potential. It looks like something out of a space movie, says William Shafter, an infectious disease expert out of Vanderbilt University. Obviously, an extraordinary amount of thought has gone into this, but I can imagine that the hordes of concert girls would want to go into one of these contraptions. I can't imagine they would want to go into one of these contraptions. They don't look very comfortable. Aside from the concert, I mean, the comfort, uh, Shakisha Pop School, a renowned infectious pre uh, prevention uh, epidemiologist, with a doctorate from biodefense from the George Mason University believes the suit itself has many flaws. The respirator uh, component is nondescript and claims to be N95 particulate, but it's not seeing any NIOSH approval, uh, which filters they're using or why it should require fit testing, uh, he tells. And they at least believe they're not uh, fulfilling understanding the aspect of respiratories that requires fit testing. In an email to Yahoo Life, the production club said it wanted to emphasize that this is not a suit for sick people to party or a suit intended for medical activities is a suit to improve the safety of a person who doesn't feel safe with the current guidelines. Who the fuck is going to go to a party in a spacesuit? With a, a battery, with a battery hooked up to my back. I don't want to see Justin Bieber that bad. It's a dope looking suit, though. I don't give a shit. What the hell is it like? I mean, I'm not. I mean, wait, hold up. If it worked, and I'm doing yeah. was like about, no, 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 wait. This is me just finish. This is finish. If it worked, I'm because I'm not saying I would wear it to a concert, but if it worked, I would wear it to Jules. That's all I'm saying. Like, I want more safety. I want more. Like, I, when I'm out there, dog, I got, I got, I got, I got on these little medical masks, man. With the, it's like in my sides, like, cause we got, like, we had like these. I got, still got a few of them. Like, they're not, of course, N95, but they're built the yeah, same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They cover, they really cover your mouth. 
but they often bought like like 50 medical masks, right? Mm-hmm. And we got some more masks coming, some cloth ones, but it takes a minute. And um, so I'm trying to find out the best way to put on the, the medical mask that, you know, you see the surgeons and stuff wear like that because it's a little flappage on the side, right? Mm-hmm. So I found ways and it still haven't really worked. So I'm just pointing out, I wouldn't trust this like, oh yeah, I'm at Bonnaroo, I'm good, right? I'm safe up in here. No, but I'm saying if you gave me something where I can be up and like really be up in jewels, feeling myself, I'll rock it. I'll, <laughs> Hold I'll on. Rock it. Hold on. So D, you ain't going with Tony with that? Little space suit so you can catch the White Sox play and lose all that money for the season tickets. They gotta give me some tickets for next season. I'm not walking around no space suit, no battery on my back. I don't want that. Shit <laughs> what if that's the only me. way you can see them? Come on, Eloy and the boys. Man, you want to see that? Run me my money. I'll watch them from my basement. I'm not wearing no spacesuit outside with no battery to the back. Man, you see, you see vape pens explode, explode in people's pockets. Why well, I want that shit on my body like that? Uh-uh. No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm listen. I'm all for protection. You all know that. You can vape with it. I don't vape. I just I, I do the real thing. I just smoke the cigar straight. But I'm I'm not. I'm no. I'm not. No. Nah, nah. It ain't that serious. Listen. I honestly think you're going to be able to get people back into these facilities, right? All right. Now, even here in Illinois, you see the big thing about the drive-in movie uh, pop back up? It's all the way up McHenry, but they open a drive-in back up, and people, I mean, they sort of... I've been there. You've been there? It was like tons of people, tons of cars there, right? Okay, maybe that might be like a little bit of a buffer in between until we're able to get back into like normalcy whenever that happens, but I don't think people are going to be out here walking around with space. No. No, I, I don't. Th- I don't think that's going to happen. Listen, I grew up going to drive-ins. Mm-hmm. Love, uh, I love them. Uh, they semi suck. Um, yeah, well, I'm kind of with Ken. All right, because all right, two. I give you several reasons. It depends on who you go with. Now I'm going to get to that too. <laughs> now, as a kid, we used to go to one that was like Northwest, I believe, because uh, we used to like get on maybe the Kennedy or the Ike. Uh, we used to go to one. I remember that. That one closed. But I remember at one point, supposedly, they were shooting because with the kids, they would have the, the playground right in front of the screen. Yep. And somebody was like, yeah, they some shooting at the kids up there or whatever. And actually, I remember this one. My younger cousin, we were on that thing that spins around. Yeah. You know, people really get it going. <laughs> he let go. Oh, no. And you know not have all that ash and rock. <laughs> no. Oh, no. Anyway, so all right. So the first problem, back in the days, they used to have a thing that you put in your window, right? Yep, right. Then they changed it to where they had a, a radio station that you tuned into. I used to still- Frequency. Thank you. Still- problem with that is this. One- you get, how are you going to sit there and make sure your battery stay alive? So you, you turn it on, you turn it off. If it's mm-hmm. cool outside, and I've been to driving in the summertime, right? Mm-hmm. Even if it's summer cool, you still got to turn on the heat or something. So you're flicking your, your car on and back and off or whatever. Then mm-hmm. this was one of the worst parts, man. I saw one movie at least three times because I was going with different women to the driving. Yeah, and it was just like, I had, oh, to, no. I had to act like this was a new experience. <laughs> and actually, I swore, the last point, I swore I've drive through movies, and this was before I even had a license, 
after seeing Q-Tip get shot in Poetic Justice, I was like, I'm not going back. Damn, that's what that's what killed the flame. No, no, I came back though. I came oh. back later. When I was driving, I came back. Right. But it, but I, I swore. So it, to me, when I hear like drive-ins are opening back up, I mean, it'll be kind of cool, you know what I'm saying, to take the family or whatever. But then that just makes me think about turning my car on, turning my car off. No, you know, you know what? I would say nowadays, if, I don't know if this is it's just true. I mean, I'm probably giving out a good idea, but I'm, I'm going to be surprised if it's something like a built-in app. They go to the movie. You just sink into the app when the movie starts and you just listen to it. That's I what know. I would think. They old as they old as some people old as hell. I'll tell you that jokes. McHenry one is old as hell. Yeah, they ain't oh looking. yeah, they they are super. I'm just saying Quick like a, a new one, a new one. Go ahead, yeah. With that radio frequency, see mm-hmm. another problem I would drive in. It's never loud enough. Even uh, if you're like maxing out the radio. Right. I don't know if that was just like a no, car that's, issue. That's true. That's true. It's, it's not. It's never loud enough. Yeah. I, I, like I remember when the one was still open on 71st of Columbus, back southwest and here in Chicago. And now the parking lot, it used to be an old Zayers. Let's show you how old this place was. Either Zayers or Ames. This is I don't even know what that is. Zayers turned into Ames. Okay, all right. So the parking lot. It didn't turn into Goldblatt's. No, Goldblatt's all had been around. Nah, son. Yeah, I'm son. You. Yeah, Gold Blast. Oh, I'm that's old as hell. No, no, no. I'm saying this. I'm not saying that Gold Blast weren't old as hell. Just pay attention to what I'm saying. Uh-huh. Zares turned into Ames. Then oh, those okay, Ames sure. turned into Did Gold Blast. I'm not gold, saying okay. that was the exception of Gold Blast. I'm just saying oh. that's who bought out those Ames. Ames. Yes. All right. So now that parking lot or that facility is a church right there on Columbus, right? So, but now where the old drive-in used to be, it's like a it's like a factory, some type of trucking company without like that. But what we used to do, we used to pull up in the parking lot of the Ames, and whatever screen it was, we we could still see it, and we just turn the radio on, boom, and just sit there and watch free movie. What? Yeah, we used to. <laughs> Wait, y'all. Cam, this is a man. Not that far. It wasn't that far. Why y'all? Hold up, hold up, hold up. Wait, hold up, hold up. It wasn't that far. We weren't that far away. How many people? How many people in the car? How about two of us. Two, two. And you just didn't pay like the ten dollars to go into the damn drive-in. It was man. Listen, let me tell you. Something. Were you with a girl? Were you that cheap in front of them? Uh, I don't know if I was with a girl. I'm trying to think. So you was doing drive-ins. You was, was doing drive-ins with other dudes. No, man, I was young. I probably oh, time was a kid. Out, time I was a kid. Time no, time no, no, no. I wasn't driving then. Okay. I ain't started going, going to drive-ins really until they had a lot of them had closed up by the time we was in high school. I know it was a few out in like the south suburbs that was still open. By the time Me and the boys used to kick into the drive-in together. See, Ken, I'm thinking like no. Chanel's first date. Hey, let's go to this faraway parking lot and get a free movie. I got some McDonald's here. <laughs> no, no, but the no. but the but the screen itself wasn't that far from the edge of the, I mean the end of the parking lot. You could just pull up literally right there in the parking lot and see a. Were other people screen. there? Were other people pulling up to do the yes. same with you? When they spam, when they yep. start putting that, when they start putting the movies on the radios, I'm like, oh, they done fucked up here because it was different when you said to go inside. Well, who was driving D? Who was driving D? Oh, I was a long time ago, man. I don't you don't remember who was driving D? No, it was a long time. Ago. If you were a kid, it was your mom or dad, right? Right. Isn't it funny? Why this is this you know crazy what? tool? No, 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 no. You know what? I take that. back. We got a limited number of suspects. No, no, no. I take that back. Honestly, I mean, actually, it probably was with the guys. But you know what? It was probably my, my guys. We was like in seventh to eighth grade, and somebody drove us something. I going to the movies or like that, and we had. Who's somebody? 
I don't get why you just a random person. So mad. So mad. Yeah, no, no. Somehow, and somebody just picked us up. I mean, we seventh to eighth grade. We ain't driving, obviously. So it had to be like somebody's cousin or some some shit like that. But we was go to the one over there. But when they put it on the radio, it was like, oh shit, these movies are free. We just pull up in the parking lot and watch it right there. The screens are fucking huge. They're huge. So how can did you guys have it? snacks at all? I'm sure we did, man. My old man owned the subway, so we had sandwiches, frog, and everything. Ooh, we came prepared. Okay. I went to I went to a movie with a girl who had a foot long subway sandwich. At the time we had to go. Whoa, see, easy oh, guy. It's a family no, show. No, no, no. Oh my goodness, that was the movie. That was the time we went to go see uh, Passion of the Christ. Dude, what the fuck? And then you bootlegged it. <laughs> 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 Damn, that was a good one. I gotta get that on VHS. I remember we used to go. We used to go to Falcons. Me and my buddy. We used to go to Falcons right there on Fifty Third. Mm-hmm. Get us a couple of slices. Put them in our coat. Go walk over to High Park High Movie Park. Theater. Pull them joints out when we up in that bad boy. It was like oh, we man. we like we ain't paying for this no more. We come up in here. No, we're not doing that. Hey, it's, but, always, uh, it's always ways around everything, man. D, if I remember correctly, with the bootleg passion, that was also yes. a date. So you are just dating girls around Passion of the Christ? Who, who's trying to get no, some no, ass? No, who's no, trying to no. get some ass after twice, Passion of the Christ? Twice, oh, they, they <laughs> love this, boy. I put this joint on. It, it comes flowing every day. Now, I used to use Mario for that. Like, old school Mario when I was in high school, you put that on for a girl. It was like, whoa, but you was using Passion of the Christ. You're a whole different animal, bro. <laughs> Two documented cases. I'm teach you about the Lord and the suffering and the rapture. Then I'm gonna come for you. Oh, you want to get in the mood? You want to get you warmed up? <laughs> Let me show you a different type of passion. Passions. <laughs> the second one, I just, I just downloaded. The first Mel one, Gibson. That's how you sing to a woman. Wait, wait, wait. So uh, let me get the story again. The, yeah, the bootleg one. The bootleg one was just, for a just, day two. No, 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 it wasn't. It wasn't. Okay. No, it wasn't. Oh yeah. Oh, girl, you know, you know what I'm gonna do for you? I'm gonna put on my passions. <laughs> oh, dude, don't talk to me like that, dude. Oh, yeah. I'm going to put on that. I got that Dolby sound, too, baby. You're going to hear all them, all them screams and all that. Oh, God. <laughs> Henry, Henry no. Caviso, sing that stuff, baby. Oh, God. No, no. I just, I just, I just, I just, it's just down a little more. Man, listen, man, we got high school. Wait, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. I downloaded everything. Let's delve into this. So after you went oh. to the movie, Oh, after you and Footlong went to the show to see the passions, what y'all do after that? Oh, we ain't doing nothing. I, I, okay. I, 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 didn't, I didn't get that one. I, okay, I, I, good, good. Good, Don't my figure. <laughs> Bless the Holy Trinity on that. You wasn't, hey, man, listen. You wasn't out there fornicating after the passions. <laughs> to horn itself. <laughs> Once his passions goes off, girl. <laughs> Oh my <laughs> Hey man, listen. Ooh, listen. You wanted to go see Passion of the Christ. He got about four more steps for they get that cross set up there, right? <laughs> I'll be all on that, man. When Mary Margaret come and put, ooh, I'll be all up on that. Let me say something. I still haven't seen. And I still haven't seen. Still haven't seen that movie yet. For a long time. Is that man. a double feature? No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, they usually are. They usually were. They usually were. What? What was double feature? Tribe driving. Oh no, I saw passion. No, I saw no, I saw passionate. Uh, oh, okay. I saw I saw in Chicago Ridge. I was, oh, oh Jesus Christ! But all the drive-through or drive-ins, I should say. Oh man, that you guys went to. Yeah, double features, right? 
Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm trying to remember. What's See, the that's the other part with the drive. I can't remember. Drive-in. You be sleep by the you be sleep by the second one. I fell asleep in the second movie. You be sleep by the second one, man. You be sleep by the second one. But you get comfortable unless your car isn't that comfortable. Oh no, man! You gotta sit in the back seat. You let the seats down in front of you. you I'm about to say. I hope, Brian, you in the back seat, man. Let's get in his back. All right. But see the problem. (laughs) See the problem again in the back. Then I gotta reach back over to lock all the doors. Right, that'd be like, oh, oh, hold on, hold on. Then I gotta reach over to, to turn on the car. <laughs> but yeah, it went down though. All Play right. with the radio. I love right. drive-ins. They didn't bring them, bring them back to the neighborhood, man. Bring them back. <laughs> and be shooting up there. You don't want to be up there with Pookie. All right, man, dude. Oh, whatever. Okay, go ahead. Virtual drive-ins. Michael they call, Jordan. They call your home. Well, I, real quick, I did say that I, I want to get one of those inflatable ones and put it up in the backyard. Oh, uh, yeah, protection screen. Oh, yeah. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Michael Jordan's passion for golf is well documented, almost as well as his passion for winning. Brooke Kopka uh, witnessed both during a round with Michael Jordan in South Florida. I was up one going to this. Kepka, thank you. Talking about Jordan before we came on here. We've been trading some messages about watching this doc. And this is a guy you know. He's a friend. This is, you know, another South Florida guy you see quite a bit. And you started to say, I got a story. And I said, hold it. I, I'm curious. What's, the, what's your Jordan story? So it was, I think it might have been the second time I've ever played with him. Um, it was out there. It was me, him. Uh, there was a few other guys. And um, whatever it was, I was one up going into 17. And we've been jawing all day of and, course and we got a, like a 40 yard walk back to um the 17th tee and you know he's he hasn't said much the last couple of holes i've kind of taken him and i'm walking back and i just said something like i've got you right where i want you and he just teased the ball up he takes his practice when he looks at me and goes it's fourth quarter baby i don't lose <laughs> what happened and sure enough I, I lost 17 and i lost 18 so that's probably the last time i've ever smacked off <laughs> yeah, that's one dude you do not want to talk smack to is uh, Michael Jordan. I Facts. think I saw an interview uh, with his kids. His kids been doing a round of interviews talking about the last doc- uh, last dance. They was on the Breakfast Club. I didn't watch that one, but I watched the one that was on the Today Show, and all three of them were together. And they were talking about how competitive even he was to them. And I think it was which one is the middle one, Marcus? Excuse me. Which one is yeah. the middle one? It's once James and then it's Marcus. Is no, that how it goes? No, it's not James. Is it Jeff. James? Jeff. Jeff is the youngest yeah. one. Yeah. Jeff is the youngest one? Okay, so maybe it's Jeff then. And he's talking about how he had to call his mother like, daddy's like like picking on me. You know what I'm saying? Kind of like we're just trying to play basketball, but he, you know what I'm saying? He's going a little bit too hard. So he's like, he we called call his him. mama? He said he had to call his mama like, daddy is getting a little bit too serious out here. I'm a kid trying to play basketball. So he's, he's trying to make you great. Hey, that's what he, exactly, exactly. But uh, but no, man. Listen, I think that's for. I, I guess it would be fun to kind of like just go kind of back and forth with him. It, it, but it has to be something that you know you have a shot to win. Right. That's the whole thing. You, you would think talk. a professional golfer has a shot to win it. Exactly. Right. Right. Just, you could talk shit to him. Coming like, dude, this is what I do. I know you like to do it. You know what I'm saying? With Slim, Slim Jerry Curl over there back in the 80s. But this is what I do. I can talk shit to you. So I wouldn't mind talking shit to Michael Jordan if it's something I knew I could win. If you want to play, all right, cool. Come on. You know what I'm saying? Pitching quarters or pitching pennies, whatever you want to do. Yeah, you can talk shit doing that. But on a basketball but, but what if you're a golfer and you talk smack and then he beats you? That's not going to hurt you at all? 
That's what but you this, do, but this, baby. But this is the thing with golf, though, man. Golf is very – I mean, you could be, definitely be a professional. It's better than anybody out there, right? But, man, you have a bad game. Your swing is off. You hitting it. You shanking it, whatever like that. I feel like that can even happen to the professionals. It's a very, very oh, yeah. hard thing to do. <laughs> but, so if he, if he gets hot that day – you don't, if you don't talk trash to someone, they don't just suddenly kick your ass in golf either. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Really? You want to talk yeah. shit to Michael Jordan? Uh, yeah, I would talk some shit depending on what it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could maybe. What cook. would you? What would you take him in? I could cook. I could cook. I could cook better than my bet. Cooking. Hey. Like, like with. I mean, uh, physically. Poker? If you're like saying like physically, anything. Uh, you're saying uh, You're saying physically. You do, do. All right. You, you physically, there's going to be very few things you can do better than Michael Jordan. I mean, physically, he's six 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 five. All right, he weighs probably two hundred and some pounds. At one point, he was the, the probably the 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 peak of condition of any athlete in the world. So even if he's fifty something, that's still up in there. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, imagine if he imagine if he didn't smoke cigars. Exactly. But even with him smoking cigars, he's gonna whoop your ass. I know, right? <laughs> like you've never you've never had to go to you don't have to put play a whole season and lead the league in scoring. Also play deep. Like, dude, his energy levels are ridiculous. Even for someone who's out of shape. You know what I'm saying? Just think of where he's coming down from. So physically, I mean, I bet you, like, if I got into, uh, like, power lifted, maybe I can catch him in that. But that's about it. Pitch your right? pennies. Pitch your pennies. See? I do that. I haven't I, pitched I, pennies. I, I, I haven't pitched pennies all, all the time. I haven't pitched pennies in over 20-something-odd years, and I bet you he's been pitching them since. So I know I'm coming at that. Like, no. And he was – listen, even when I was pitching – that was like in spurts where we was we we were kind of hardcore pitching yeah. pennies or whatever. Yeah. This dude was doing it for real, for real. So, nah, bro, he ain't ca- look gambling. I ain't even trying to trick myself with gambling with Mike. It's muscle no memory. reason. Muscle it's no memory, reason. baby. It'll come okay. back. Muscle okay. memory. You go ahead. You go ahead. I'm gonna catch him in something where he's playing on my turf rather than I'm gonna go over to his turf. Gambling, gambling activities are his turf, so we gonna x that out in, in general. Now, like I said, if he wants to get into some type, listen, if we want to do some like leg press, I catch him in the leg press. Okay. All right, my thighs are thick as you know what. He ain't out, he ain't out pressing me. I give you that. He ain't gonna out press me. All right, but man, come. It's not like it's it's very like I think sometimes even though I uh, was watching something recently with NBA uh, the jump and Rachel Nichols was on there with Tracy McGrady and also Kendrick Perkins and was just talking about how intense celebrity can be and things of that nature and how unnecessarily it's so hard it is to go out and navigate. And Tracy was talking about his time in Orlando and basically how he used to have to get a back room and a restaurant and so on and so far for things like that. But the reason I bring it up, as much as athletes want to tell us that they're regular people and they are, we still sometimes don't uh, pay as much attention to physically the type of levels that they're at to get to to be where they're at. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's abnormal. So when you just be like, oh, yeah, that shit ain't nothing. Yeah, okay, go play with yourself if you want to. See it? Uh, like like you guys said, uh, celebrities, they live in a different uh, world than we as uh, regular citizens uh, citizens are. And I don't know if you guys paid attention to uh, last week's episode of The Last Dance. Michael Jordan, when he was sitting up smoking a cigar in that hotel room, he said this is a, uh, the, 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 the best time of his day because no one's bothering him, no coaches mm-hmm. are bothering him, no media is bothering him, no business people are bothering him pitching deals. So, like you said, we all want to be our favorites celebrity our favorite idols or whatnot but we don't take in, in into uh, co- 
into counterpart of into our consideration. Minds, well, in consideration, thank you, of what they go through every day. So, do you really want to live that life? And let's be honest here: not everybody's built to live that life. Can you handle oh, no. it mentally? Really? Can you? Most people can't. Yeah. Yeah. Some Definitely. people don't like taking your pictures on their cell phone. How the fuck are you gonna take? How you have, how the hell are you gonna uh, deal with that twenty four seven? Nah. Right. Invasion of privacy, uh, like yeah, totally. Yeah, Ryan, what are you gonna do? What can you be, Michael Jordan? In? Oh my God, we play Madden. I would destroy him. I mean, okay, he wouldn't even that's have a good. That's facts. Oh. He's oh. not the, from the gener- uh, video game generation, right. so you're uh, right. I think I can get him. I can get him in some some some, some virtual type stuff. I can catch him. See it. What can you be, Michael Jordan? In? Uh, let's. I'll, I'll probably say video games as well. I'll, I'll just pick NBA Live, and NBA 2K. I'll go with that. All right, I'm telling y'all, man. Since right, right to the, uh, the football game, that's dangerous. You better watch, you better watch that basketball because by, by the second basketball. half, by the second yeah. half, he figure out that controller. Yeah, it's gonna be your ass. You gotta take him in another sport. <laughs> yeah, take I'm him from, in NHL or something. Yeah, yeah, dude, you don't want to get into that basketball, not the basketball, yeah. not the basketball. Let's do that hockey then. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> A legal battle between two superstars, aging music producer Quincy Jones and the late Michael Jackson, has upended, uh, was upended Tuesday by California Appeals Court. The case in which Jones and Jackson estates are fighting, Jones and Jackson estate, are fighting over the producer's claim to millions in royalties, hit a roadblock after California Court of Appeal reversed a $9.4 million judgment in Jones' favor. The court ruled that the trial judge in the case erred on allowing the 19, I mean, the 2017 trial jury to decide things that the judge should have decided, namely contract interpretations. Uh, that led to the jurors accepting Jones' argument that he was entitled to more than the standard 10% producing fee called for in his contract with Jackson's estate for his work on projects produced after Jackson's death in 09, including the remixes of his songs as well as the licensings of masses of, uh, uh, for this Is It documentary. The court erased most of the jury's award to Jones, a total of 9.4, and sent the case back to trial court to amend the judgment accordingly. Interpretation of producer's agreement was solely a judicial uh, function, yet the trial court allowed the jury to perform the function and ultimately misinterpret the relevant terms that the appeals court ruled. The agreement provides Jones with nothing more than a right to receive payment uh, correlating to 10% of basic royalty rates. The court, uh, the court left in place 2.6 million award to Jones for underpaid licensing fees for this is it, plus other fees and interest. Lawyers for Jones Estate celebrate the ruling as a total victory. Jackson's Estate, I'm sorry. Quincy Jones was the last person we thought would try to take advantage of Michael, Jordan, Michael Jackson by filing a lawsuit four years after he died, asking for tens of millions of dollars he wasn't entitled to, said the lawyer mm. uh, Howard Weissman uh, in a statement. Uh, we knew the verdict was wrong when we heard it, and the Court of Appeal was completely vindicated us. From the beginning, this was an attempt to take advantage of Michael Norton. He wasn't there to defend himself. Damn. I mean, listen, I know Quincy Jones uh, produced Thriller and... Real uh, quick, real quick. Jones, yeah, right? eight, Jones 87, uh, same age as uh, Little Richard, originally saw $30 million from this state when he filed the lawsuit in 2013. After the jury ruled, the Jackson estate appealed, and Jones cross-appealed, uh, seeking even more money. His lawyer argued he was a victim of financial elder abuse and sought attorney fees under the state laws. The appeals court rejected that. Please continue, dude. Yeah, no, no, no. I was just saying... Um, I didn't know. I didn't hear about this. This is uh, new news to me. I didn't know they were um, in a court battle. Uh, as far as I obviously open music and royalties, man. Listen, man. Royalties obviously are the backbone. You know, say besides besides the performances of the actual artists and the music, but man, them royalties. If you lose your royalties, just if you can go in a time machine and go talk to damn uh, near any black uh, act. We we kicked it off with uh, Little Richard uh, today. 
uh, or you go even go over to the Beatles with uh, Paul McCartney and uh, John Lennon, and they don't own the royalties of their music, and they out here putting out timeless hits that's going to be listened to hundreds of years from now. You don't have those royalties, man, you are fucked. You know what I'm saying? You just see so many people cover your music, and people just eating off of the, the genius that you created. Man, that, that that is something. Now, like I said before, I didn't know Quincy Jones was trying to go out to Michael Jackson, and Quincy Jones is, you know, set for like two two or three lifetimes. But hey, you know, he recently came out in an interview, I believe, last year, the year before, and talked about that. You know, Mike, Mike, be he messed people up with that money. Yeah, he sure did. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm sure he was talking about himself, but he didn't, and, he didn't mention himself in that. Yeah, and speaking of the Beatles, Michael Jackson owned the Beatles. Owned the, uh, he owned the catalog. 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 Yeah, and, and, and because uh, McCartney told him, like, man, you need to get into owning these catalogs, but he didn't mean his catalog. His catalog. He's like, but he said, but he actually told uh, Paul McCartney, like, yeah, I'm going to own the Beatles music. He actually told but, him that too. But he said, I'm going to own the Beatles music. And, you know, he was like, get out, get your ass out of here. <laughs> get out of here, Michael. You know what you're talking about. Next thing you know, this motherfucker is owning everything. Linda, Mike says he's going to own our music. <laughs> The girl is mine. <laughs> Damn, Linda, you taking my money too? <laughs> do, you, yeah. uh, do you remember our flip story, I don't know, months ago with, uh, I believe it was the singing voice of young Simba in the animated Lion King? Oh, oh yeah. you're talking about Jason Weaver. Jason, Jason right. Weaver. And his mom, like, negotiated the contract. And mm-hmm. at first they were talking, here's, like, a million dollars. Here's a million dollars and blah, blah, blah. And then I don't think it was he was million. like, you know what? <laughs> I want the royalties. Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. And that's, so they went with the royalties, and he said how much better that decision was because he got Man. well over what they would have offered mm-hmm. him. Dude, give me a point or two on something. Like I said, I went to school for music business, contract the, the business side of it, obviously. And, man, that was one of the first things we were told. If any kind of contract you're doing, you work with any kind of artist, you make sure your artist, it was ass cap and BMI and all that stuff, man, make sure you get your points and your royalties because you can literally eat forever. I remember, and it didn't really come to fruition, but when um, Craig Mack went to, I think it was America Records by Eric B., uh, he got 18 points for his Ooh. deal, right? But nothing came of it. Yeah, but right. back then he gave, but he gave him like think about if he had some hits. Yeah, he gave him, and this is the 90s. He gave him 18 points. That's crazy, then, right? Yeah, that's crazy. So, I mean, yeah, it's kind of sad to see the two estates go to each other. But, hey, man, sometimes business hey, is rich problems. I'm not yeah, worried basically. about it. Yeah. And the, cra- the crazy thing is just think about where Michael Jackson was in financial straits before he died. I'm not saying that he couldn't have got himself out of it, but he owed people money. He did. And now that estate is just booming so hard since his passing. If I was Quincy, I may want a couple more of them shillings when it's moving. Like, especially if it's music that we did together that they're re-putting out there. I don't know the agreement as mm-hmm. far as how much do you how much do you get after it's been used, blah blah this. Again, D went to school for that. I didn't. What two, right. what two albums did he produce? Was it Thrilling Bad? Off the, I thought it was off the wall. It's off the wall and off the wall with brother. Okay. Yeah. Off the wall and thriller. Okay. Yeah. Because right. Mike told him he was mad that I think off the wall did six and he was like, I want to just go diamond. Even though back then they wasn't calling it diamond. Ten million records sold. Yeah. All right. All right. LeBron James has spoken out on the death of Ahmad Arbery. Um, the video that purportedly shows a man and his adult son chasing down in a truck and fatally shoot him. Arbery, a 25-year-old man, was killed on February 23rd in Brunswick, Georgia. Attorney for Arbery's family released a video on Tuesday allegedly the two show uh, two white men in a pickup truck track him down and shoot him while he was jogging and unarmed. This is what LeBron posted on social media. Uh, we literally hunted. We're, we're literally hunted every day, every time we step outside the comfort of our homes. 
can't even go for a damn jog. Like, what the fuck, man? Are you kidding me? No man uh, free after you, no man free after, no man for real. Uh, are you kidding me? I'm sorry, I'm not resting in paradise. And my prayers and blessings are sent. Um, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I'm just kind of tired, to be honest with you. Um, when it comes to stuff like this, watching the video, I, I think I tried not to watch it for several days, uh, maybe two days until I finally watched it. I made sure I kept going through when seeing him getting the shotgun going off in shot rather and stumbling to his death. Um, is even that article in the Atlantic to this morning, it just reminds us that America is not our friend. And I think sometimes it's easy when you get caught up in this world and caught up in your own life. Um, and also usually uh, people of color, we want, we, we love and we want love back. You know what I'm saying? Like we're a loving tribe, you know what I'm saying? Uh, so it's easy sometimes to be like, it's not as bad as, as what it seems. And I mean, life can always be worse. But when it took two months and when you look at how, you know, basically they didn't want to bring this to, to, to trial with the people that were in that department. You have uh, the, the state's attorneys who are recusing themselves, but after before recusing themselves, saying that it was legal, you know what I'm saying? Um, it hurts. You know what I'm saying? I mean, this dude's dead over somebody, some people on some fuck shit. And if it happened, if it was, if it was going the other way, people would be all up in arms but still people aren't even up in arms about it. Like, when is it just going to be a day where we're left alone? Yeah. And again, I'm not, I don't need to bring this up into this. Black people kill each other. White people kill each other. All right. But the fact that it's basically cool or it's always a but after a black person is killed, where it's like, yeah, they killed him, but what was he doing? Or, you know, it's always an excuse. And it's always a lessening of the value of our lives um, it's just hard. It's really hard to deal with. D. Yeah, no, it was, um, it's just been so much information that's been coming out about this. Uh, we can now say case, uh, because the two, gen- two guys, I'm about to say gentlemen, fuck them. The two, uh, dudes who, uh, two men who killed, uh, uh, the Bastards. young man back. Yeah. Killed them. They were arrested. The father and son were arrested. Uh, one thing that kind of came out today was uh, well, I know I saw this last night on CNN. Basically, because everybody was kind of wondering, like, where did this video? Well, who had the video? Who took the video? How did the video get released uh, of the actual shooting? And it was basically it was one of their friends, and the friend thought he was going. He was recorded to show that they were in the right of what they did, and he didn't release it. His attorney released it, basically saying like, "Yeah, I put it out there so we wouldn't have like a a, a civil uproar over this." And it's kind of like, so you think that you releasing this video is a good thing showing that these guys literally just killed this dude for no reason? He was like, well, he just should have stopped. And I was like, and this is the attorney. The attorney is saying this. And it was kind of like, once again, here you go. So we have. He just should have stopped. He just should have stopped. We just don't have any rights, right? So and random people, random people, you have to stop for him. Don't right? don't know these people. Right? Don't know the people. We're so, guns. With guns, and you think that you're just going to stop. And the whole thing, but listen, the police officers lied to the family, said that he was shot at the scene of the crime. That didn't happen. Uh, I believe they said that video was actually like 30 minutes. Or no, 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 not the video was 30 minutes. They had been following him for about 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. So they saw him and following. It all started because the father said a gun was stolen from his truck in January, and he just knew that it was this one. So all these things are coming around and saying, like, you truly racially profiled somebody. 
You think that he's supposed to stop to you? Why? Why? Because you're a white man and he's a black man? Mm-hmm. What, what is the case? Oh, because you got a gun. He thinks he's gonna you, he's gonna stop. Or if you're a if former it, officer of the law. Yeah, so, he, so, but he don't, he don't even know he's a former I'm officer. I'm with you. I'm, yeah. not, I'm, with you. I'm just and pointing his, out and his the reasoning that people are trying to use exactly. to sit there and vindicate this bullshit. So you think you out here on some vigilante type shit. The mm-hmm. DA had to recuse himself. One of the DA said that he thought it was fine because it was making a citizen arrest. Everything is now coming out is basically saying like all that was complete bullshit. Mm-hmm. So, but this is the best thing about it. They're going to have a trial. Yes. Today, they, had a, they, they appeared in front of a uh, judge and the judge said no bail. So they're not getting out. That's good. Right. Okay. Thing is, though, you still have a trial down there. And it's going to be amongst their peers in that part of Georgia. With no hate crime law in Georgia. With no hate crime law in Georgia. So it's still up to individuals to say you're guilty or you're not guilty. This is only your first step. And I think a lot of people, obviously black people understand that. But uh, everybody should understand that. But in our cases, it's kind of like we don't even get to that point. And then once again, now it's got to like, now we got to think, okay, so who are they going to have on the trial? And hopefully it's not somebody that's sympathetic to them. Hopefully it's just kind of like somebody who's factually based and we're just going to look at the uh, the evidence in the case. But we don't even know that because what we've seen this story happen so many times over and over and over again. It's like a carbon copy of T- Trayvon Martin. Plus the except, attorney, except this one, except this one was caught on camera. Plus the attorneys get to choose the over who's in the jury. So yeah, they do. Sure I'm just saying. Get, I got to give you a clear. They still going to, yeah. their attorney is going to make sure they get someone that's probably biased towards them. Hopefully the Fulton County boys uh, in uh, the lockup will take care of all that. Mm, let's see. For real? See, see it, Ryan? What y'all think? You, uh, you know what? I, I struggle with this statement, but I kind of understand it now as an adult. You know, some uh, one good thing or a couple of good things come out of tragedies. First, um, peace and love to uh, his family. I know they're going through a difficult time. But uh, sometimes good things do come out of tragedies. Like you said, D, this was caught on video in the world that we live in it today in social media, because I remind our viewers and listeners, our younger listeners, especially this is how the Rodney King um, trial happened. The, the incident happened. It was a white male that, that caught the, the incident on video because back then there was no social media, let alone uh, there was no computers, no internet and et cetera. You just had radio and TV back then. But uh, getting back to what's happening now, the, uh, 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 the the incident was called on video, like you mentioned, and from what I've heard and read too, that the, um, the the police that was following him, they weren't following him specifically. They were, but they were trying to dig dirt on uh, on his. I think so. Someone in his family had a record, and so uh, and they, they were following him. They're trying to track someone in, in his family. So I kind of find find that odd. And going piggyback off of Ken's point, yes whoever you live amongst you kill each other you know if you live if you're a black person living around blacks you you know you tend to kill someone that looks like you but as, as us as african americans we have to take care of each other if we value our own lives then others will will hopefully value us we all know that some people uh including some people that look like us especially which is unfortunate that don't that that don't uh, value us but if you value yourself uh, you respect others. If you don't respect yourself, then, then stuff like this, unfortunately, will happen. The value of life. I, I disagree. Mm-hmm. I disagree. Um, because I think we're conflating two issues. If we did value our lives, now that togetherness could perhaps help us to fight against when this, things like this happen. 
but we still live in a society that views you as a lesser person than them. So us being closer together doesn't change how they view you. Mm. I mean, all right, like historically, they've always showed you from slavery to Jim Crow to whatever attempts to stop you from voting. So just just every every last step, you mentioned Rodney King, they always show us that a large majority of people don't view black people as being, the Constitution, I mean, don't view black people as being equals. And again, we can get on each other about the things we do, but that still doesn't mean that people should be coming in and killing us. And that's, that's true for black people. That's true for everybody else. And I mean, part of the thing too, the reason, and again, now it's off topic. The reason that we view each other like that is because we're viewing each other through a lens that someone else put on our face. Like that's a large part of the reason why brothers don't really see brothers for true values because we're viewing ourselves through the lens that America has placed on our face that tells us that we're not equal and we're not worth the same as other people are worth. But are we supposed to break the chain at some point? No, we it's can't. Like we start, it's not like it started no, yesterday. No, no, no. We can break the chain, but saying that breaking the chain automatically means that other people outside our community will start valuing this isn't necessarily true. Those two I, things aren't mutually exclusive. I think we could look back, going back to uh, Black Wall Street out in Tulsa. You look at how many other, you could look at the, yeah. if you want to say, could, the, the past the past generations of the African-American community when it was really together. Yeah. That was probably at the heights of That's when the, black yeah. people were getting lynched. Look, and before seg- Listen, look, look when during segregation where we bought stuff from our own people and we weren't murdering each other at a high rate. They were still lynching us and doing things like that to us. It didn't change. Look at the uh, incident in Lake Michigan, where the, that 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 riot that took place during the Black Belt, where those boys were over there swimming, and those white boys started oh, yeah. throwing rocks at them, like they were race doing, riot. Yeah, the race riot in Chicago. Like black yeah. people weren't killing each other like at this rampant pace that started like in the '60s back then. Like so, again, I'm not taking away from what you're saying or dissing what you're saying, but sometimes, sometimes because we live in a, a this artificial state that they put us in, I mean America in general that we all live in we start to view things from the narrative that they placed in our heads. And again, I'm all about black empowerment. Don't get it twisted, all right? We shouldn't be depending on nobody. All right, it's too many of us. And right now, even with the meager jobs that we have right here, there's enough to start forming something. So I'm not taking away from any of those points. But also, we can't say that I, and the one person that came out after uh, LeBron's tweet was uh, uh, Jason Whitlock, talking about they not hunting us up and it's like it's always one of them ready to jump out the window and to a certain degree and i don't hate nobody i really wasn't raised at all to hate another person and i don't but in that sometimes like when i I, I try to teach my son that and i wonder like damn should i be teaching him this when this is he can fucking get killed out in this motherfucker you know what i'm saying i damn it be like man stay away from all these motherfuckers Mm -hmm. you know like because his life is more important than some fucking value i'm trying to teach him on being a fucking good person when a motherfucker come and blow his fucking brains off because of his skin color because his skin color yeah right yeah obviously just horrible and kind of maybe to some of the point that sid was saying it's just amazing to think like, what if we didn't have phones? What if we didn't have Mm -hmm. this type of technology and think about how many examples there've been over the last decade. I mean, it's just constant examples. And it's, it's so sad that we can't progress forward. It just seems like we can only go at a crawl to try to progress if we're progressing whatsoever. 
And there's a lot of people, especially in these rural areas, that will refuse to change, and we have to almost hope that they just die out and that something else can grow there that maybe is a little bit more progressive. But I just hope that we learn a little bit. I hope, uh, you know, some people that have this facade thinking, oh, racism's gone. That's not even in America anymore. I see black people all the time. Everybody, you know, whatever it is, any of that facade, hopefully they see it's not like that everywhere. And even if if it's like that in your community, it might be kind of fake. You got to make sure that it's actually real. And unfortunately, we don't have enough of it that is real. Man, you're dealing with you're dealing with human beings, the bad side and the, the bad side of being a human being. And you got to try to convince people. Me, me and the missus was talking about this uh, today. It's, and I was kind of saying, like, man, you got to convince people who think that kind of way do not think that kind of way it's and she asked me like do you think they accept do you think they're not accepting it or do you think they just believe that i'm like you got to deal with both some people will look at you like i know you're a human being ken you believe the same way i believe whatever like that you know saying you're a human but you just can't live the same way i can live you know saying we're not equal though but then you but then you have some people it's like oh no he's not even human so you have to deal with all kind of dumbasses racist dumbasses and you got to deal with those human beings. The only thing you can do is, man, listen, as Ken said, try to raise your kids a good way. You have to try to make sure that you put them in a, give them a good mind, uh, mindset of trying to navigate through life because this is the kind of fuck shit that they won't have to deal with. Hopefully it doesn't continue. But as I said before, you're dealing with human beings. My only, my last part, um, I don't care really how someone views me. I've finally started to outgrow that. It's taken me a long time to um, to grow and mature, to not place value on what someone else there is. Sometimes I may fall back and I have to remind myself. And I'm just, that's just people that I know compared to people that I don't know with hate against me. Mm-hmm. Uh, this came up with the incident where I talked about the restaurant uh, where I usually go get uh, my um, my uh, my my cheddar not my cheddar but my my chowder my clam chowder uh, soup uh, and look I never really said the name before I'll say the name here uh, Salonica in High Park um, I was going there for years or whatever and the incident with the, the I don't know maybe the kid was four or five mm-hmm. and Tony was like well you know that was a teacher moment and I, so I told Tony like no because I'm tired of trying to tell somebody I'm a human you know what I'm saying like. In a way, I devalue my motherfucking self by trying to have to explain to another motherfucker that breathes air like me that I'm a fucking human being. Mm-hmm. So getting what DJ said, I don't really care what you think about me. Just don't fucking hurt me. All right. Keep your shit and your shit to yourself. And I'll keep my shit to my fucking self. And we can both keep going. I can't change people's minds. And it's not my fucking goal in life. Just don't hurt my people. And we can all be happy and we can stay as segregated as motherfuckers like as far as I fucking care right now. Yeah, it is. It's this There's is just very few worst. answers. Yeah, it's just more questions, and you just keep questioning. People in general always want to feel like they're better than something, and we are at the bottom, so they can always point to us and be like, "I'm better than them," and that's really not going away. Uh, when we just talk about these people dying out, that man was with his son. All right. Right. So that's passing it on further and further. Generational. And it's just generational. Think about yeah. when he grew up in this house. If his father's with him with the shotgun, let alone he was an officer, think about the shit his father was at home saying to where this dude is like, let's go get him. Yeah. And think right. about it like this, too. All the people that had to rec- recuse himself because they knew him, right? 
Mm-hmm. Then you have a DA basically come out and say, like, oh, no, he was right. They had the right to go ahead and shoot him. They wanted you know, to be on foul. That's the real point. to be on foul. And the police had this footage since the day it happened. And didn't arrest nobody. Didn't arrest you, nobody. You think, you think they care about us. And that goes to Ken's point, talking about us being generational. And that's why I'm saying it's that, it's that mindset. It's that mindset of, unfortunately, these human beings that just think like, yeah, what they do? Oh, yeah, he said he had a gun and he said he stole it. Yeah, we heard the story. Let's make it a citizen arrest. That boy should have just stopped. And it was a crazy point. So, all right, wait, since we're sticking on this, you should have just stopped. And as D said, going into fucking Costco, it's people getting mad at Costco. It's people in the Capitol building and fucking Michigan and Lansing because they don't they don't want to even listen to the orders that's been given by their governor. But a free person supposed to stop when another free person just runs the fuck up on him. It's people in California running out to the beach, violating orders. And the cops right there not doing shit. shit. But motherfuckers consider an arrest and motherfucking blow his fucking guts out. And I'm supposed to be like, yeah, let's kumbaya this shit. Man, exactly. Fuck all that shit. Exactly, and this is and this goes back to your point, Ryan, about and I've been saying this for years. Whoever came up with the idea to put a camera on a phone should be put on the motherfucking Mount Rushmore in this country because without those cameras on those cell phone cell phones, you won't see ha- not even half the shit. You wouldn't see ninety percent of the bullshit that goes on. And you know what's crazy? The other ten percent is probably some shit that really blow our fucking minds. Move through ring doorbells and cell phones on camera. Um, uh, cameras on cell phones have literally changed the way people see other people. For the good part, for the good, for the, for the most part, have really changed the way people see other people. And what we've really been going, what's really been going on. I always think about the joke with Dave Chappelle talking about civil rights and talking about how how it happened on TV. Like, oh man, my God, they beating those uh, Negroes like hotcakes down there in Mississippi because they saw it on television. You go to Kent, go to Sid's point. Man, we finally saw the video of Rodney King. Just what happened, somebody with a box-ass video camera shooting across the street saw that, put it on TV. Mm-hmm. Now you got cell phone cameras. We even got the story about the young man, the cop standing over the young man's body, uh, talking about, oh, man, we're going to need a, cla- a, a closed casket. Laughing. Laughing. Talking about Laughing. you got a closed casket. You know how we saw it? Motherfucker, he had his uh, Instagram live going, and people saw the shit. Last thing, also with the Rodney King thing, for everybody that wasn't alive then, the cops that were savagely beating him were all freed, and that's why L.A. burned. Yep. So, it, and we thought back then for sure because it was finally on tape that at least they would get a year, something, right? something, and they something. let them they let them all walk, which again goes to the point of you are less than us. This this trial right here, these guys is going to be it's going to be huge, and it's going to weigh in politically as well. You already had some politicians, Joe Biden, come out swiftly and say something. Then you had Donald Trump talking about, oh, well, you know what? It's, it's, we got to see what else happened on the tape. Really, motherfucker? I don't care if he stole a million dollars and he running out of the street. I don't care if he stole a million dollars running out of the street. Right. That doesn't give anybody the right to stop in the middle of the street with a shotgun. You motherfuckers ain't John Wick. You ain't Batman. Right. All the motherfucker police, you see something, say something. Get or your the, ass away. Or Dolores from Westworld. Um, there you go. It's 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 just I don't know, man. It's it's mind blowing, just yeah. to, to say the least. Uh, well, like no, no, real quick, real quick, real quick. The fact that what you just brought up with Trump, this is the same guy with down there in Charlottesville that said there was good people on both sides. And right? the same, and, and I was thinking about, I was thinking about this. We never had a president in our lifetime say white supremacists were good people, right? I mean, even if they believe that, they at least 
shut the fuck up and then say it. Right. Go ahead. Yo, I would say the, the the dudes up there in, in Michigan with the with the guns. I was like, he called them patriots and good people, and saying the governor should make a deal with them. A deal? Why? When she's trying to save them, make a deal with like what type of stupid shit? And this is the fuck. So look, I'm supposed to think, Sydney, that me and these people could come to some type of consensus thought, and they believe this dumb racist motherfucker that's in office is accurate or something. Man, fuck all of that shit. I don't even care anymore. I'm not. I'm gonna take the governor off my mouth. Fuck it. Don't run up on it if you don't want nothing, but I swear I'm fucking tired of it. All right. Like I've always enjoyed being black, even though we're the downtrodden. And it's like it hit me this morning, like, damn, should I enjoy this? Because these motherfuckers will jump out of the truck and just blow me the fuck away. Like, what the f- jogging? Jogging. Trying to actually take do cardio, right? And I'm gonna fucking get gunned down. All right, yeah, enough. Right. Yeah, Ryan, you don't say something, end it off. I just have a quick thought, like when you said how they don't even view certain people as human beings. How more animalistic can you get than ride up with a shotgun and just shoot and not ask questions and just expect results? Go Great home point. Go home and chill. Great point, right? All right. Getting back to something that we were just talking about. A Michigan lawmaker returned to the state capitol on Wednesday with the armed security detail following a coronavirus lockdown protest at the building last week attended by white supremacist and militia groups. Excuse me. Uh, Representative Sarah Anthony, a Democrat whose district is in the capital uh, city, Lansing, told Yahoo News in an interview that her security detail made up of a black, of local black and Latino activists came together because the armed protesters bearing white supremacist symbols presented a different level of terror. According to Anthony, the April 30 protest was different from prior corona protests, the protests that occurred at the Capitol in recent weeks, because many of the demonstrators stormed the side of the building and were armed. Anthony said that some of the protesters had Confederate flags and swatch stickers, which she found extraordinary, extraordinarily triggering for uh, me as an African-American woman. It's a very intimidating environment, Anthony said. I've never experienced uh, being so frightened and so intimidated in my life. Anthony posted a video on Facebook, which she filmed as protests arranged outside. Members of her community responded. And when Anthony returned to the Capitol on Wednesday for a first time uh, since the demonstration, she was escorted by a group of six black and uh, Latino actresses who carried their own guns. Mm. Uh, Anthony said one of her fellow lawmakers wore bulletproof vests due to their fear of armed protesters, many of whom streamed into the Capitol and angrily confronted, confronted officials. Uh, Dana, I think, Polanke, uh, Paul Hankey, a Democratic, uh, Democratic Michigan state senator similarly claimed that the scared colleagues were wearing bulletproof vests and tweeted during the protests on April 30th. Directly above me, men with rifles yelling at us. Some of my colleagues who uh, own bulletproof vests are wearing them. Uh, Paul Hankey uh, wrote, for Anthony, the guns and hate symbols weren't the only dangerous element of the protest. She said many of the demonstrators ignored the social distancing and mass guidelines, getting extremely close to her and yelling and screaming in her face, raising concerns of potential coronavirus spread. Now, if you look history lesson, you go back to what happened in the 1960s with the Black Panther Party out in California. They showed up to the capital, uh, the California capital, with the guard with guns as they said as they could do it was legally the california lawmakers changed that shit mm-hmm. uh, reagan changed that shit reagan, as reagan. the governor as the governor ronald reagan changed that shit right so it's it's crazy for me to say this but it seems as if the only way shit happens with black folks with guns that we need to show up show up to show up to the capitol maybe and about a thousand of them with guns i wonder they're gonna finally get the idea like you know what you know what I'm saying? Uh, I, I definitely want black people to be able to harm, uh, to defend themselves, but it seems the only time some shit happens with guns, some chunk laws to change, is when black folks show up with it. 
Now it's good. It was good business that these 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 guys and this, and I think it was a woman out there too. Uh, she was a Latino. Yeah, she escorted uh, the young lady, uh, the lawmaker, into the into our office. But it shouldn't have to come to this. It shouldn't. You we shouldn't see people out here protesting about wearing a mask to save your life with Confederate flags and nooses in fucking Michigan, who was part of the union. That should let you know right there. You're in a union state to make, make sure this is the United States of America and they out there waving Confederate flags and nooses because they have to wear a fucking mask or they worry about a staying home order. They're trying to save your damn life. That should let people know right there what this is all about, what it's really about. It should really open a lot of people's eyes. So, I mean, it's, it's sad to say, man, that you have to see stuff like this right now. This is fucking 2020. But. Well, this this is the game that people wanted to play when they decided to play uh, celebrity with the highest office in the land. And I'm not saying things like this wouldn't still take place, but when all the rules have been thrown damn near down a hole because we want to play game show shit with real shit, this is what takes place. The fact that, like you just said, Trump is talking about make a deal with them and yeah, you know liber- people. liberate liberate them. Yeah, they pay where where, like, let's stop acting like we're not trying to save lives. 77, oh, probably by now, 78,000 people are dead. Just three weeks ago, we were like, you know what? These numbers aren't going to get as high as they told us into the 140s. We don't get about there now. Probably. Right? We're going, especially with everybody reopening back up. We're going to get, we're going to get around that. We're definitely going to cross a hundred thousand of lives uh, die from this. And we still don't even know about the ramifications to our bodies after someone has perhaps caught this thing because it's brand new. What are you about to say real quick? Guys, wait a minute. So what we at right now was projected was supposed to be in August. It's May. Yeah. And we and, are here. And think about it. And we've been social distancing and now, People are tired of social distancing, basically. Well, the people that were going to get tired of it anyway. I'm like, even here, again, I'm not even going to make Nobody this... want to be in a house cooped up all the time. Yeah, right. Like, even here, we see here in Chicago with black people. This isn't a racist thing all the time. Well, black people out here that don't need to be out here, right? And we're sitting there, we just said, we've been getting hit with it the most. Most of us probably have an elderly person in our house that you're putting at risk on. I did. They passed. I took care of them. Um... Lucky it wasn't when this was going on or whatever. I hope that I would have definitely social distanced. I was younger then. I, I hope I would have social distanced in a proper fashion and not just been hot and young and been an idiot. But just sitting here and seeing these people, uh, I mean, we saw them before outside of the Capitol building. But really think about if you're a, a, rep, a representative or a senator and you got people with, with, with high-capacity rifles, pistols, yelling at you, and you think, and you're sitting there in your head like, oh, nothing's going to pop off here. And on top of that, if you're a minority and you're sitting here and they got swash stickers mm-hmm. and, and, and the, the damn, and it's another thing we talk about how this is going to die out. All oh, these, these, these races are going to die out. They got the, as you said, it's Michigan. They got the Confederate flag up there. And how long ago was the civil war? Right. Yeah, I know. Right. Like as far as dying out, how long ago was that shit? Right. So it's just it's a mentality because simple minded people, this isn't just simple minded people, but I would talk to simple minded people now. Simple minded people need something to hold on to to validate themselves. And there's nothing. And one of the easiest things is what you've been taught. No motherfuckers right there ain't as good as you. So at least you should be having more than them. And you can always look at that as a kind of a, 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 a Mendoza line on where you should be compared to where they should be. Mm. 
Yeah, I think that's uh, one of the silliest, like, mindsets when people just think, oh, I got guns and I got enough friends, so we're going to make change that way. And, you know, if you really disagree and you have these protests, you should be allowed to protest in America as long as you do it in a way that doesn't endanger people or potentially right. break the law with this insanity. Uh, I'm just going to bring a bunch of guns. And we know how simple it is for just something to go wrong. And all of a sudden, everybody just starts shooting. And then it becomes this entire yeah. thing. Yeah. It just I, I, it should show how we have a racism issue and we have this gun control issue. That should be on the forefront, too. It's just people think that, oh, if I just stock up, I'm going to be really hurt. Because who's going to stop me? Yeah, I think that shit's gonna really going to kick off. But, but this is the thing they don't understand. They gonna lose. You ain't beating the U.S. government in a gunfight. You gonna yeah. lose. You gonna yeah, lose. but the problem the problem with that D is who do they get before the U.S. government gets to them? Because no, no, no. It, the no, first I, people they're coming for it looks like you and I. So no, and the government about, hasn't been trying to save our asses in the first place. So I'm waiting for we get. Before we get to that point, D, no, 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 no. All no, right, no, no. I, this is what I was trying to I say. I know we're going to lose. Don't <laughs> add the militia up like that. No, and but that I'm idiot I'm, is calling everybody good people that are doing this thing. So I'm, like, who is he going to side with? Right. I'm, talking, I'm talking about when they go out here, it, this case in point up there in Michigan, right? They're at, the, they're at the Capitol. They're not in the faces with the guns of people that look like us. They're in the faces of, in the, in the faces of men and women in, in uniform, right? And most of those men and women, and women in uniform are white. They looking at the government. Now, I'm not saying that they're not looking at us, Ken. I'm not saying that at all. But they also looking at the government. And they looking at them like, man, I'm ready to kick off with the government try to tell me what I can and cannot do. All I'm trying to say is, you're going to lose against that government. And all I'm trying to say is, if the kickoff's happening, they're going to be running down in your neighborhood, too, because they, they part of the kickoff is they want to hit us. That's all I'm but saying. They never, but they never do, though. They never, they, it's they, never kicked. It's never kicked off. Mm. It's never the full kick. Because one thing, even look at it like this: uh, when you have, the, and it's only seven people that showed up for her, but compared to the hundreds of people, if not at least a hundred or so people that showed up for that demonstration, one of the goals of those people is always to start off a race war. Yeah. Like that's one of their because yeah. they they always feel like if a well, race I bring war a noose, started, I bring a noose in the Confederate flag. They always feel like it'll galvanize white people. So like that's one of so again no 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 slow slow down all right just whoa all right because we I don't have it I don't have the pistols you got your pistols and stuff ready in case the militia can run down the street real quick for the government get them because the government not gonna save us the government's not gonna save we gotta get in there and save those blacks they're not coming they're not coming to save us all right all right. Another drama with Jay Cullen and Kristen Cavallari. The couple are currently going through the world's messiest divorce after 10 years together. And now sources is out that, uh, excuse me, and now a source is out here telling page six that Kristen didn't think Jay was ambitious enough. Quote, Kristen views herself as very polished and put together and Jay as this lazy, unmotivated guy. End quote. That is an amazing quote. One of the most on-brand quotes I think I've ever read. That's like every single Smokin' Jay Cutler meme come to life in three words. Lazy, unmotivated guy. I mean, most marriages break up over unfaithfulness or money. Cuddy's 
may have just broken up over Cuddy being Cuddy. Which begs the question, how the hell did the rest of us know that Jay Cutler was like that, but his own wife didn't? As a reminder, that's why, I, listen, that's why Ryan, I was like, we, I'll add this one. I, I don't really like doing divorce stuff. I don't feel like we need to be in people's lives like that. As a reminder, I don't either, but that but, headline. Yeah, you're like, right. You're what? right. You're right. You're yeah. right. So as a reminder, Christian and Jay uh, married back in 2013. This is from Yahoo uh, Life, I believe. Uh, let me just double check. Yep, Yahoo Life. Uh, when he was a quarterback for the Chicago Bears, she was growing increasingly impatient with him. He's supposed to take this big job at Fox Sports and have a life after football that would get him off the couch and do something, the source said. Instead, he backed out. This is three years ago and joined the Miami Dolphins. That didn't pan out well, and he was left with no TV gig until she got the show for them. Apparently, Christian views herself as very polished and put together and color as this lazy, unmotivated guy. Wait a minute. How long did Jay Color play in the league? like 14, 13 or 14 years at least. Yeah, okay, okay. Like so, number one, he wasn't that motivated on the field, right? But this man just played in the NFL for 13 or 14 years and is a millionaire. Damn it, I ain't doing nothing. Nothing. I'm fine. I've wait, won wait. at life. Great point. I'm did chilling. He get, I'm chilling. Well, what? Did, did he not get Sam Bradford money? This was that He came after mm-hmm. Sam Bradford, right? I mean, I know he yeah. was like the 13th yeah. pick. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying, yeah. but I, but we know the Bears, but the Bears gave him a fat deal. Yeah. All right, we know we know that. So, yeah, dude. He I got can, he got money. I mean, to a certain degree, you bust your ass and take that beating so that afterwards you don't want to do anything. I'm, chi- I'm chilling. And then one, the only problem I have too is, look, when you have that gig, all right, that he had with with Fox. Um, and we were all waiting to see how he was going to do because we thought mm-hmm. he was going to probably do well. Mm-hmm. But another job opened up with hit, with the, the 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 best offensive coordinator who was the head coach at that time, Adam Gase, with the Dolphins, was the head coach. Like, this was a chance to extend his career. You know, this wasn't – And he had $10 million for it. Yeah, right. So, I'm, and at the point, I'm sure he thought he could go back to Fox and probably get that back anyway. Go ahead. Uh, what were you about to say, Ryan? Jay Cutler has made over a hundred and twenty-two million in his playing career. Ain't doing shit. And she wouldn't be with him if he didn't have that money. A hundred and twenty-two, one hundred and ninety-six thousand and eighty-seven dollars. Listen, I would be like, you can go do everything and anything you want. I'll support you even if you need a little funding. I give you the. I make now. Obviously, he don't have a hundred twenty-some million dollars in the bank. He gets half of that because of taxes, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. I made sixty million dollars. I, I'll, I'll back you. Got to throw endorsements in there, How many endorsements? But also, I think he did. I'm sure Jay Cutler planned well with his money. He probably so did. So I'm sure he's made some money off of investments since yes. then. Like, he doesn't come off as an idiot uh, by any means. My, my last caveat. Went to Vanderbilt. That's what I was going to say, too. Yeah, he ain't dumb. she's the reality star. So saying that she got the show for them – that's how she has always propped up her value as being what was it? Uh, b- That's b- her income. What was it? But Baldega. What was the place? The thing the show needs L- to be Laguna, on Laguna, Laguna, Laguna yeah, Laguna Beach. Beach. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you, so that you made your play in that. This dude made his play in professional sports and retired. Like again, maybe he is being lazy. Uh, but the, the headline says like you thought Jay Cutler was going to be any different. You must have not seen any jerk Cutler uh, face. Exactly. Scenes. Did and she the greatest... watch any of the show herself? Listen. I'm... <laughs> 
when, when the greatest part. You just want to watch the deer. I've I watched the, just little of that show, and I probably saw more of this from uh, media outlets. But the part where she has the, the, I think they're like interns, and somebody's supposed to work for them mm-hmm. coming to the house, yeah. and she, he doesn't say anything to him, and she was like, "Yeah, but you know, you're supposed to say hi." He's like, "I'm more about vibes than necessarily hi." Is the line <laughs> of the whole show. He had me like, listen. He Jay, was the star of the show. Dude, Jay Cutler, for what happened here in Chicago, lets you know how it, Jay Cutler can be a jerk, but yet we all still have an affinity for him, right? Yeah. Like, we still have an affinity for Jay Cutler, even though he was a jerk. But we were like, that's our jerk, basically. Like, he right. was infuriating at times, but he's, he's our jerk or whatever. So I guess so, Christian. Sid, do you have something you want to add to it? Yeah, here's, here's the thing. Krista Cavallari, like you say, Ken, no one knew who she was until she married Jay Culler. Jay Culler was already in, in the middle of his career. Not everyone watched that silly reality show. I know I didn't when, when she was on there. I and didn't. Now, and, now, and now that uh, the divorce is going on, now uh, I don't know if you guys heard that he froze his assets and she, she quote-unquote demanded $5 million for him. She uh, wanted to buy a mansion. Right. If I'm Jay Culler, hell no. We're divorced. We're done. Finished. Nana. Go sit your ass down somewhere. Whoa, so down, no Sid. <laughs> yeah, it's Sid. They were married, yeah. so she does have some of his money does go to her. I don't her. know what they're going to Oh, it's probably going to be a split, maybe. Yeah. Oh, you know what? It I'd be, depend I'd be on where they married at. Yeah, well, I'd be shocked if he didn't have a prenup. Because I would be shocked, too. I would yeah, be shocked, too. Yeah, and so. Sid, uh, I think if you're not a football fan, Jay Cutler is not the most famous person in that True. Mm-hmm. True. All right. Hey, on Laguna Beach in the Hills. You used to watch Laguna Beach in the Hills, right? No. Okay. I did catch some episodes. Though. I know it had to do with the uh, skin, the skin beard. Her friend's skin boyfriend. Beard. Remember the guy that has the blonde beard that was always on there? But see, I didn't really watch Laguna. It was a dude. I watched her on the Hills. It, they, her, one of her friends on there went with the dude, and people viewed him as like being a jerk. And he used to have like the he used to have the flesh-colored beard, basically, that he had. I forget his name, and I'm not mm. going to Google it. I'm not going to Google it right now. I, I, I refuse. Since we're being messy today, and Ryan <laughs> led us down this direction, <laughs> I guess I, I added that we'll go along with this. Uh, early this week on E! News, uh, obtained a court documents detailing an alleged altercation between Baltimore Ravens player and his wife, Nina Thompson. That was Earl Thomas. According to the documents, uh, police say Nina discovered her husband was with another woman via his Snapchat account. The documents state that Nina and two other of her friends went to confront Earl at uh, Airbnb. Once there, Nina allegedly took her husband's pistols with the intention to scare him. Court documents allege that Nina put the Nina put the gun to Earl's head from less than a foot away. Uh, even though, how can you put it to his head if it's not on his head in the direction pointed to his head? Right. Yeah. E, e- News uh, can confirm uh, Nina was arrested April 13th for the charge of burglary uh, of a, a habitation with the intent to commit aggravated assault with a deadly weapon, family violence. Nina has not formally entered a plea and denies the allegation. Her attorney says this, I'm here to declare that my client unequivocally and categorically denies these allegations and we look forward to our day in court where we can clear her good name. 
Earl also spoke out about the allegation to Instagram uh, that has since been deleted. So my agent just hit me and said that I'm going to be on TMZ tomorrow from altercation that happened with me and Nina Earl, Earl said in a video, according to CBS sports, just wanted to get ahead of it. It's really not anybody's business. It's pissing me off that it got out, uh, but it's the world we live in today. But instead of talking about us, just keep us in y'all prayers. The athlete added, this stuff happens, bro. We try to live the best lives possible. Sometimes uh, things don't go as planned. Just pray for us as we go through this stuff. Uh, we've been talking. I've, I've been seeing the kids to so just keep us in our prayers. <sighs> Um, why? Well, this is interesting. So she checked his Snapchat account and found out where he was at. It, yeah. I believe it was him and his brother. She busted yes. the door. It was him and his brother in the bed with somebody with these other women. Listen, we've said it a thousand times. I know I said at the end of the show, keep your hands family to yourself. matters. I say keep your hands to yourself. <laughs> uh, don't. It, it, she she's a dumb dumb for putting herself in that situation. If anything, get your shit and go. Take his ass to court, and that's how you get your revenge, right? Mm-hmm. Don't go in somewhere pointing a gun at somebody's head. And it was a bullet in the in chamber. The chamber. Mm-hmm. And the safety was oh, you got scare. She got to scare him for real, right? She, no, no, she didn't know. She didn't know. Yeah, she, she took out the she, clip. She took the clip out. She, she was going to scare him. She oh. took the clip out and did not realize that a bullet was still in the chamber. If she would have pulled it and shot him, but, but then, D, yeah. let me say this. But D, let me say this, too. Don't Dumb have ass. pistols in your house if you don't teach your woman how to properly use it and know this one in the chamber. Hey, that, all right, that, that's common. That could be a, that could be that's, a common that's common hood knowledge just to know that there's one in the chamber. That's a common You're supposed to assume too. there's one in the chamber. Also, too, somebody, one of her buddies was recording. Hey, dumb dumb, treat this like a bachelor or a bachelorette party. No cameras allowed. One of why, the buddies, you, why are you videotaping shit? One of the buddies had the knife, too. And a knife. What? Come on, y'all. Dude, first of all, real quick. She could have, and you you can blame him for this, but just being honest. Oh, yeah, he's a dummy, too. What the fuck are you doing? But this is the thing, though. This is the thing. Because in a relationship, there can be adultery that takes place, mm-hmm. right? But you really have to still use common sense. Because she could have killed him or hurt him or that girl and mm-hmm. ruined their family because he would have been dead and she would have been in jail. Mm-hmm. Right? And I think they, have three kid, they have three kids, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it just gets to what, like, D said, listen. You take his ass to court. You show him. You show him for real that I'm gonna hit you where your that pocketbook is. Mm-hmm. But you don't ruin your life because he did something to you. It, that was disrespectful, right? He did, we're not sitting there advocating that he was right or whatever. I'm not. That's not even what we're saying. Right. But I'm never. I'm never hurting nobody for cheating on me. I'm put. I'm. A, I'm gonna let you know that. Yeah. Through the door because that's their decision. Um, don't let that belittle you or make you feel lesser or whatever. Let that motherfucker go if it's that serious to you or reconcile and work out your difficulties, all right? But when you play games, that's like one thing. I'm never one to play games with pistols because you never know what never the fuck happened. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. like, and I didn't even know that she thought it was empty. I didn't that know that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I saw somebody even messy. I saw this girl on uh, Twitter. She was talking about how you know, basically, she came up in the room. My man, my man's meat was still moist from the encounter. <laughs> oh Lord! I know, right? But I'm just saying, like, dude. First of all, man, listen, man. Y'all with all this technology, y'all got to disconnect all y'all shit. All right. The device you keep in your motherfucking pocket, you let that be. Because cause she she found this on another device in the house. It's how she, she logged into his account. Yeah, it's dude. You you just it's, it's dude. This the game. This the why game. you why you Snapchatting you cheating? Why you <sighs> number one? Why you Snapchatting? Why you Snapchatting? Why you cheating? He kind of old for that Snapchat. He's not young, young. You know, no. what I'm saying, that Snapchat. And he's not old. posting it to a story. 
Right. What are you doing? Why are you why are you posting anything if you well, maybe he's Snapchatting because the shit goes away? Hey Lamar Jackson, check this out. So he snapped <laughs> Snapchatting because the evidence but goes nothing, away. Nothing goes away. We all know that. Anything digitally, man, Dude. on your phone, nothing goes away. Dude, first maybe of all, his, maybe that was his thought, D. I don't want to forget this night. And when he points out one thing I did like, he said that they're talking. Because I'm for him, honestly, brother. Don't you go back in that house. Once she once she breaks the covenant, and she may have been jokingly playing, but once she breaks the covenant where well, I will shoot you, you can never bring it back. Yeah, I'm just no. it can never, it can never don't you be listen, you'll be sitting in the hospital and within the next five years and blaming yourself because you, you went back. It's it's a wrap. Unfortunately, and you it's know a, what? It's a wrap. And she shouldn't go back either. If he's out oh, there, doing this, yeah, facts. if he's out there, if he's out there doing this kind of shit, he obviously don't want to be with you. But look, I won't even say I won't say that he doesn't want to be oh, with be you. With the, he's out there cheating, or he's doing but, whatever he's gonna be but, doing, but you should probably leave. And what you said, D is right. I'll even just put it like this to her. Cause one thing we always try to do is talk to a person in a way that can kind of convince them. Listen, it's to bump what he's doing. If he's risking you doing things that can get you locked up, you don't need to be with him. Mm-hmm. Like that's the thing. Like if 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 this is this transgression can cause you to do something like this and go a team on some shit, you probably need to remove yourself from that type of situation. Yeah. All right, last one. All right, Sean Bolden couldn't uh, shouldn't be all that busy these days. He owns two strip clubs in Portland, Oregon, both of which were deemed non essential in March, along with many uh, other businesses in the state, and we were ordered to close due to the spread of COVID nineteen. But when the Huff Post spoke to him late last week, he was working overtime to juggle media requests and prepare for another weekend of drive-through food to go-go. Uh, a drive-through version <laughs> of his live club, a Lucky Devil Lounge, that he recently launched uh, two lines around the block. Bolden, his club, and his employees first made headlines, including on this website, in March when, uh, as, they, uh, w- w- as a way to stay open and continue to bring in income during the government-mandated shelter-in-place order. Dancers from the club began working as delivery people with security guards serving as drivers. Many orders and uh, one cease and assist letter from Uber later uh, Boober Eats was a service original. Was the service <laughs> original name? Uh, they, they've now come up with an even more revved up tactic to keep business booming. Since food delivery started, we had a lot of local businesses showing us support and wanting to collaborate. Bolton said, "A local event company that sets up stages, tents, things like that called us and were like, we 'We're out of business. We're not doing anything.' They offered to build us a huge tent, two stages, a DJ booth, a couple of stripper poles with lights, lasers, fog machines, and we're like, 'We'll just see how it goes.' Here's how the new drive-through works: You pay thirty dollars to enter, and you can order any food on the items on uh, food items on the menu." Once inside the tent, you're treated to a full show from a group of masked up dancers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do a song or two for each car, and then they send you on your way with the food. The, uh, there, there is a tips bucket set up uh, for the dancers, uh, and even devices normally used to collect trash that allow them to collect tips from a distance. The drive-through has proven even more lucrative than the original food delivery program, though they're still providing service too. Uh, we had a nonstop line of cars wrapped around our parking lot Saturday night, Bolden said, adding that these new attractions is draw visitors from beyond just the Portland area. We had a carload of girls from Seattle, two and a half hours away, do a road trip down to Portland to drive-through just to get some food and seeing this is going on, Bolden said. It's crazy. For the employees, food to go-go is more than just a way to keep uh, money coming. It's a way to get back into some sense of normalcy and creativity uh, as Brody, who was celebrating her birthday on stage last week, explained the Huff Post. It feels amazing. 
It's still not enough, but it feels so good to move. I woke up next day and I was actually sore. It's been so long since I last danced. I just needed this right now. Hey, listen, man. I used to frequent the strip club back in the day. Yeah, we know, D. I don't know if I would ever be that be that uh, bad to be. I got to go through the draft through to see some 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 TNA. Got to take yourself back, D. You're in Mary D's shoes. You got to go way back. True, true. But this is my thing. Why I do like it though. In that story, they was able to keep all their employee staff, all the security staff, didn't have to fire anybody. Nobody lost their jobs. Things obviously changed. Uh, they had to take like a little bit of a pay cut. They couldn't get as much money as they once, was, they once were making, but the jobs didn't, nobody lost their jobs. So that's the reason why I like the story. I don't know if I'll. What about Dirty D? What does he like about it? Hey, <laughs> man, Dirty D won't everybody have a gig too, now. <laughs> If you want to go up there and shake, and shake a little something, something and through the drive through, I'm all with it. Now, listen, I'm not approved. Go ahead. Where's that bucket? <laughs> go, I tip you too, baby. But I'm just saying, I don't know if I would be like, man, I got to go to strip club. I got to go through the drive through version of it. But I am very, very, very happy. Everybody still got to. Well, drive-through. technically, you already answered it with the drive ins earlier. You'd find a parking lot farther back that you could spear in and see the girls stripping. Because you ain't waiting in that line or paying that premium. Pulling the curtain back, lifting it up, lifting the tin up from the bottom. <laughs> what y'all doing in here? Right. Well, all right, this is my thing. This is my thing. And again, it seems like um, this is working. But there's a chance that you can still be perhaps passing the virus. These Carlos coming from Seattle. Uh, I'm just saying. I don't know if this tent manufacturer that we're planning, if they're planning, if they are the COVID virus experts and things of that nature. Uh-huh. So there's still a chance. I, even though I saw the strippers on there with the masks on, there's still a chance that this can be passed in this situation. Now, mind you, if everything's on the up and up, please do. I mean, definitely get it on if if everybody can be safe. But the mm-hmm. same the same animus that we take to the UFC for trying to fight even though they have restrictions, but still, what's the point? Right. I will I will apply these to these strippers in a situation to yeah. say, is it necessarily necessary? And I, too, want people to keep their jobs. The funniest thing is I saw the video. Somebody pulled up in, a, like, a Vespa, and somebody was in the front, and somebody was in the back, and they was just looking around like, all right, yeah, here you go. Here you go. I was like, damn, they came in on a Vespa, and it's like, I got some titties. <laughs> look, look, it's funny when you say that. So when I make my uh, bi-weekly trip, it was like three weeks, but to the Popeyes, to the Pop, Le Popeyes. Mm-hmm. And, and one thing, <laughs> one thing I saw this last week, there was people inside. And I was at first, I was under the assumption I was like, if you ain't got a car, you just gotta suffer, which isn't fair. But I was like. I don't even understand why they just don't have these people walking in the drive-through. Me personally, I'd just be like, "Yeah, hey, y'all just got to stand in the drive-through or whatever." Mm-hmm. But when I saw those people in there, I was like, "This isn't safe." And again, I will apply that to uh, to go go as yeah, far to, as the safety issue. Go go, Ryan. And <laughs> real quick, I want to know what the Popeyes order is that that you, you make the run. Do you really want to know? I yeah, want to you- know. So I always I pull up right, and is it the older when you get older, you get bolder, right? So I pull up, I don't even look, because sometimes they don't have the deals on the window. And I'm like, what's the deal? I don't even, I ain't about to come up with nothing. Tell me what the chicken deals <laughs> are, right? So they'll tell me they got like a deal and it's like $23, right? And I'm like, all right, what, what's the deal without the, the, the size? Because I mean, one, I'm not really supposed to be eating the size, but I don't really need the size. For the most part, I get it, but he's my buckets here. So I'm <laughs> like, I'm right? Like, so I'm like, I just need the chicken. So I'm like, so they like, oh, okay. So for the uh, ten pieces, 
uh, just a chicken is $13, right? So then this is when I hit I said, well, give me two of them. Right. Oh, okay. I'm not, I'm not coming back outside. This chicken. <laughs> it's, listen, it's it's three pieces left. I think I got that chicken on Thursday. All right. Nice. Okay. I just okay. listen when you went to get your charger. I just saw him in the refrigerator. I was like, yes. We had, we all had some because it hasn't like we've been eating them like all. It's like we we the first the second time we had them from dinner again was last night. We hadn't had it from dinner since last night. The night before, I snuck and ate two pieces late or whatever, go. or whatever. I was just this me. It's, it's yeah. my chicken. It's yeah. my, it's yeah. my yeah. chicken. You know, she was up there talking about it's late at night, and all we do is smell chicken permeating from the kitchen. <laughs> we trying to go to sleep. I said, I thought about that. I thought about it, but I, brother, a brother wanted a couple of pieces or whatever. So I get that, and then I get them a box of fries. Uh, I have been cheating a little bit and eating a few of the fries or whatever, but I still really don't consume fries and potatoes like that, starches like that. But is um, that the only side that the family wants? Just the no, fries? they want no, no, no. They want they slash she. <laughs> <laughs> no, she wants them damn. Them the damn kids biscuits. are still too young. <laughs> she wants some damn biscuits for sure, right? Now sometimes they they add a biscuit, but look for me, like I said, I just need the chicken. I'm just trying to bring something in because for the most part, we still have vegetables and stuff. Like we we really do for the most part eat a, eat healthy. Like our kids, you're gonna get vegetables, you're gonna get fruit, you're gonna like we we got all that stuff, right? And I'm like, why buy? It's already eating chicken, fried chicken, right? Mm-hmm. Why it, why add on this other processed BS? that they're shipping across the country that's supposed to last long with whatever they put inside of it. It's really no deal. But the crazy point, so a month, a month and a half ago, the first time I went to a Popeye's and I I did the same thing. And I told the lady, first she was like, yeah, it costs 20 something. And I was like, cool, because it's like, you got me by my balls. You got the chicken. I got to eat it. And she's like, no. It's, it's a trick. I, I got a family. I was like, because I, I was like, that don't sound right. But I was like, cool. She was like, wait, no, no, no. It's, it's 13 bucks. She was like, you just said cool. I said, you got the chicken. Right? Like, what was I going to say? Right? I wasn't going to fuss with you right now. Right? I was handling it at the window. But she told me, this is a crazy point. She's like, the car in front of you got four of them. So mind you, I got 20 pieces Ooh. of chicken. The Damn. car in front of me got 40 pieces of chicken. Damn. Whoa. Hey, people, After people, they just uh, robbed the toilet paper island. Right. Just correctly. <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah, that's the. Uh, that's five the, buckets. And I won't be back. Toilet paper. Now we need the chicken. <laughs> and I won't be back at least for probably three weeks yeah, before okay. I uh, pop back up as far as that or whatever. Because, I mean, Damn. like I, we said on the show, for a lot of times, I mean, the great thing about this is the portion control has been phenomenal. Um, like, and I've kind of outgrown overeating for the most part. So, like, I wake up in the morning, like, I'll make a pack of sausages that last me four days. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I have three. Uh, I have avocados because you need that fat with keto. I have tomatoes and I have two hard-boiled eggs. You know what I'm saying? Like, stuff of that nature. And then, lunch who knows but serving size like being at home and thing too real quick and i know we got to get off of this the thing too is going back into offices because we're not going to be able to use refrigerators like what are we going to do about lunch oh you're not they're not good you're not going to be putting stuff in that fridge you can kiss that goodbye you better get you one of them ice things and put it in your bag because your office if they're letting y'all sit there and and put y'all food in that place like they have to figure out certain articles about uh, offices working on a on a clock as far as like for instance it was like you know d- from where we used to work like the cafe mm-hmm. where you would enter and I'm not saying this is what's going to happen but you would enter and exit in one direction so you don't have people facing one another 
but offices like, like the like the uh, owls in the grocery stores. Well, um, no, because everyone has to just walk in one direction in that aisle. Because you could like come subway. from this way and I can come from this way. Yeah. Okay. Put it like sub going like down subway. The line. Yeah, right. going there like so you won't have people where you came from this way and I came from this way. And we, like everyone's coming from this direction and therefore we can social distance greater in that way. And offices have to feel have to figure out how they're gonna do that moving forward. Like, but you can't have all this like think about it. If someone has an infected bag and they put it in the refrigerator, let alone but yeah. So like yeah. there's gonna be things that you're gonna have to do, and that's even like it's gonna be weird to figure out how everybody tries to figure out doing this moving forward. Yeah. Me? All right. Hey, thank you for sharing your uh time with us. Hey, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at DN Davis Show. Once again, once again, it's at DN Davis Show. Hit that bio link and you can find us everywhere, all right? At Demons One, at Thess Davis, at Sid Kid 80, at Ryan B. Ski, and right Ryan B. Ski One. Ryan, great job uh, with all these topics. As always. Today. Uh, definitely appreciate it. Hope you are and appreciate the show. Uh, full of emotion. Uh, I think we got out a good amount of information. I, mm-hmm. I feel like this was entertaining, even though some of the things were tragic. A lot of the things were necessarily tragic, but we kind of get. We went through own. the spectrum. Yeah, we went through it, and we did it in our own vein. Uh, if you don't like it, let us know uh, why you don't like it. Be honest. I mean, if you're doing it because of biases, you can just keep it to yourself. Uh, all of us want to learn and grow. If you're doing it because something that we can grow from, I'm definitely interested in finding out uh, any of that information. Uh, please be safe. Uh, we know a lot of places are opening up. Uh, yes. don't, be, don't be stupid. Like you can be healthy, but there's more people. There's more people in this world than just you, man. And stop thinking about yourself. We all do. It's not not talking to one individual, talking to us all. We all think about ourselves first a lot of the times, and that's the human nature. So I'm not saying that that's some irreprehensible type of attribute that one particular person has, an attribute that we all have, but it's in how we mitigate that attribute and how we try to grow and know, like, all right, it's not about me. I got to do more for other people that we can become better people. Uh, D and Davis's show will be back this week. We will have our last dance interview probably out on Tuesday. Uh, maybe we'll figure out another show that we're going to watch down the line, even though I need a break from Wednesday's recording. So I'm not too amped up about that. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't nothing well, new coming out no time soon. So, but, uh, well, we're going to get the Mandalorian back. That was one of the topics Ryan had in here. Mandalor- oh. The Mandalorian did finish filming and they'll be oh, back really? in October. They'll be back in October. Right. Okay. Yeah, right. So that one, so that one was edited out. Um, so definitely we're at least going to get that. I watched, uh, um, the rise of Skywalker last night, me and the family finally watched it last night. Um, it was cool. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was, it was cool. cool. I I think we kind of knew, I think we knew she's a powerful team. I think I I definitely know I've said it a couple of times. Like, dude, what's look at her powers. What could it be? Who, uh, if I ruined it for you, oh, well, (laughs) what are you about to say? Which director did Thor Ragnarok? How do you pronounce his name again? Tika. Oh, that's, yeah. Tika. Tika he's his last he's going to do another trilogy. I think that's what you take away from Rise of yeah. Skywalker. We're ready yeah. for something new. It's going to be something else. that's really good. Yep. Okay, real quick. I know we're supposed to go. I got to ask y'all a question. The Skywalker storyline is supposed to be gone, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yes. But, okay, I'm going to ruin it. <laughs> Ray taking on the last name. Does that technically right. does that technically mean she's gone, or because she's not actually a Skywalker, she can still continue in the stories, and it won't be viewed as the Skywalker leg uh, storyline is still going gone. I don't think she's going to be. I think that whole entire thing, that whole entire storyline, is dead. It's going to be some other. Because mm, I, I, I don't think this, it kind of doesn't make sense. Because in what? a way, she's the strongest ever. 
Like they yeah. haven't talked about like Luke is supposed to be and definitely Anakin and Darth Vader, but in a way when you see what her power, she's like she's both in a way. I don't see how it would make sense not to continue her if you're not because everybody else is dead. That's from and the original. Can't. Yeah, she had the lightsaber at the end. What are you building a lightsaber for if it's all over that you're just retiring and putting it away? From my understanding, from my understanding, is Skywalker is. And that's from my from mine too. I, but I, at that point, I didn't know. Like at that point, because the name of the movie being Rise of the Skywalker, to me, it was either going to be Kylo Ren, Ben Solo was going to rise up, which took place, or Ray was going to be revealed to be a Skywalker. Even though I, I think initially the thoughts were that she was a Kenobi, and then after watching the movie, the first movie or two, I thought she was a Palpatine because of her powers it kind of made sense to some degree that she was coming through that line or whatever. Uh, so again, I don't know, but anyway, that's it. We getting out of here. I'm not going to keep you any longer. <laughs> always appreciate it. Uh, definitely be safe and don't do anything stupid before you hear from us again. We go. Keep your hands to yourself. The flip.